Happy Monday. Welcome to the Sneak Preview. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Caleb Luder. In lieu of Liam Neeson's latest Taken spinoff, we're diving into arguably the greatest decade of action flicks and discussing our top 10 favorite action films of the 1980s. Uh, so that's what's happening this week. Definitely going to be more fun than Memory, which I'm sure is going to tank. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Put out, you know. Especially if you look at like the release films this and uh, for for May, I mean, obviously everyone knows we have Doctor Strange, Multiverse Madness coming up. Was also the new A twenty four film um, Men, which I think actually looks like pretty good, um, based off that last trailer. Um, some other stuff that my mind's just getting the better of me. Oh, Firestarter. So yeah, I can I can take a break from the theater for those films instead, instead of seeing Liam Neeson do the same thing for like the fiftieth fucking time. Yeah. I think, I think we both can. Uh, and I'm excited to just dig into some formative films that are just some of the greatest action films of all time, I'm sure, on both of our lists, which oh, will yeah. definitely well, have quite a lot of overlap. Oh, yeah. Well, what's funny is that when I was doing it, you know, I, I still looked up some movies because I was like, let me look up some stuff because I'm forgetting anything. And um, I didn't realize how, like, flexible 80s... I mean, you think 80s action, right? You think, like, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Van Damme, Norris, um, for some people, Seagal. <laughs> Not this one. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, like you think of those guys, but then if you really look at like there's like horror, like action horrors, action sci-fi, like uh, you know, what a lot of directors were doing by adding it with other genres. It was actually a really flexible and exciting genre to me in the 80s that I would argue after adapting to the times in the 90s kind of died off for a very long time to the 2000s i'd argue the 80s is the heyday of action sci-fi like the mm-hmm. greatest action sci-fi films of all time came out of the 80s yeah now i'm saying like it had it, it held on in the 90s and then but it seemed like 2000s like action anything to me just really fucking died when the 2000s hit i read somewhere that stallone blamed batman for that 1989's Batman. Like once action films became superhero movie dominated, nobody else like p- people didn't want to see anything else. And there's some truth to that, but I, I think also Stallone stopped trying. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No offense, Stallone. There's truth to it in 2008 onward. I wouldn't say Batman '89 when that was the only superhero film that came out. And let's not forget that Superman the movie came out well before Batman '89. Yeah. So. No, I, I mean, yeah, to an extent, if you were saying like Iron Man armored, but I would argue no, because there wasn't that many great superhero films coming out. Like, yeah, Batman was a hit. Blade was a hit in the late 90s. Um, X-Men and Spider-Man. But after that, like name any other film outside of those guys that was hugely successful until 2008. Well, I don't know, but we're certainly going to go into the 80s action extravaganza. But before we do that, let's see what happened last week in film. Last week in film. Quite a lot. It, uh, CinemaCon happened, so there's been quite a few announcements. So uh, buckle up. We've got was, a lot to talk about. I was struggling to keep up. <laughs> yeah, I probably... Mi- we're probably going to miss a few things here. Uh, so I, I get us. off for the night. Like, you'd be like, okay, I'm good for the night. The next one would be like 10 other fucking things, I guess, that happened because of time zone differences. 
yeah, we're not even touching <coughs> all the stuff that was, you know, all the TV stuff. It's just film here, obviously. Um, TV is depressing. If you're, if you're a fan of anything, apparently on TV, CW is like, hey, all that DC stuff, canceled. Walking Dead, for those of you who are looking forward to the spinoffs, not me. I'm adamant about being done when the fucking main show ends with these last eight episodes. Good luck with that Daryl Kills. Oh, I'm sorry, that Daryl spinoff. Isn't the current fucking Walking Dead a Daryl spinoff? I mean, what's good, what's going to be different? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I won't see, but somebody will. No, not not me. Either. Like I said, I'm, I'm very much like I'm finishing the main show and I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like um, watching almost. <laughs> well, let's start with trailers. Uh, weirdly, in this giant, you know, wave of movie announcements, only three trailers. Well, first up. it was it was like, hey, the trailer came up, and we're not putting it online. And I was like, Fuck oh you. yeah, there was a lot of that. A lot of like, yeah. hey, somebody got to see it, but not you, not you. Hey, they've heard footage from this one vampire film you thought was dead, but it's happening. I'm like, well, I want to see the footage. What vampire film? Was Dracula film? You didn't catch that? No, I, see, I know I missed a bunch of shit. What what was what was this, dude? Did okay. First off, did, you didn't catch that. Did you catch the Santa Claus David Harbour film? No. Oh my God, you motherfucker. Oh, I'm just All right, so no. So apparently they had announced a while back a movie called The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Um, it was supposed to be literally takes place, takes a section of the track story on the boat. Oh. England, that's the whole movie. Is okay. that section of the story, essentially. Um. I'm really simplifying it, but I'm sure there's more to it. But that's that's the gist. And they announced it, and it went fucking dead. And I thought, okay, it's not happening. Apparently, they surprise showed footage. Wow. And they had, I guess, filmed it without telling anyone. Like they were like, yeah, it's coming out. I think like this year. Like, get ready, it's it's happening. I was like, oh shit. So be neat if this ended up being like a surprise prequel to Renfield, and it's Cage's Dracula. Oh my god. <laughs> um what's the santa david, claus thing oh my god so uh tommy ricola director of dead snow has a movie coming out and apparently again they showed footage where a family gets their house home invaded by a really like this like some kind of mercenary group on christmas but santa claus himself has something to say about it santa claus is played by david harbour and apparently he gets into the house to fuck the mercenaries up what the fuck? <laughs> I I need this movie in my life. That's it. Sounds like the fake movie from Scrooge, like the Lee Majors movie at the beginning. It's um, it's great. That's that. So yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, I didn't hear about any of that. Yeah, I got that on Boy discussing. I was like, oh my god, give me the dead, give me that because I love Dead Snow. So I was yeah. like, give me that movie. Dead Snow's great. That sounds hilarious. I will definitely be checking that out. Um, in terms of trailers that I did catch, we got Blumhouse's new horror film, Dash Cam, which is uh, from the creators of Host. Comes out June 3rd. Uh, not a great trailer, I thought. A uh, lot of just blurry action. Not really sure what to take from this, but I really liked Host, so I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I'm, the thing with a lot of found footage shows is hard to get into them because there's only like so many ways you can show shaky cam footage yeah. and like a man happened it told coherent enough like plotline of what you're going in to watch um 
but like I said, I, I'm like you. Yeah, I really liked Host. Was really impressed with what they pulled off with that movie. Um, that I'm willing to give this a shot. Um, I think like the reason it's called dash cams because it literally mostly takes pay, like off of dash cam car footage. Really? Um, so I guess that's that's the hook. <laughs> I did, I did, I did figure that out on my own. Weirdly enough, but thank you for for sharing. All right. Well, you know, you didn't know about the two movies I told you about, so I'm just making sure. Maybe if you get kept up better with CinemaCon. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, I'll give it. I'll, I'll I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I'll give anything a shot, for the most part. Uh, like, let's let's rephrase that. You know, there's some things I've been dying for you to watch that you're being very very stubborn and hesitant about. I watch pretty much everything in my own time. I will get to it. When I have, I am about to have nothing but time. Give me a week, goddamn it! <laughs> Let me write these three monstrous papers I gotta write, and then I will watch fucking Chucky. I promise. Oh my god! Finally. Uh, next my trailer shows for you to watch are Chucky, Stranger Things, and Yellowstone. I'm not watching Stranger Things, but I might watch Yellowstone. I don't know why you're being so stubborn on Stranger Things. It's literally right up your alley. I don't you have a horrendous take on a wonderful show. That's great. Find find someone else. Just give it a shot, dude. No. Why? Why do you to. hate this show? Because I don't. Because so I don't want to. I don't. Because why, why did it hurt you? I just don't care. I don't want to see it. I don't. I don't care. Tony, it's right up your alley. Give it a shot. Have I, I been wrong before with my show? Most of the shows I recommend to you. No. My output for you is pretty good. I didn't like, what was it, Holliston? Yeah, well, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. I didn't like that one. I'm still waiting for you to watch Breaking Bad, so. Well, because you won't watch Stranger Things, here we are. Oh, my God. <laughs> Moving on. The Black Phone. We got a second trailer for that. Uh, Scott Derrickson's new horror film starring Ethan Hawke as a child killer comes out June 24th after being delayed from, I think it was last fall. Fall to January to June now. Yeah. Uh, and this looks creepy as shit. I'm, I'm excited for this. This is going to be good. Derrickson has a pretty good track record. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very, really excited for this. I'm very happy it's coming out when Elvis comes out. Really? Yeah. I'm going to be weak and good there. Um, I'm going to see both, but you don't have to. Oh, thank God. We'll make the well, black phone the primary, but I am going to... I really hope Elvis is good. I have high hopes. I hope Lerman doesn't disappoint you because he disappoints me more than he excites me. But uh, for the Black, black Farm, I mean, it's, it's Derrickson and his, his writing partner, C. Robert Cargill. Um, you know this. And I mean, these are the guys that gave us Sinister. I think, I, I don't think Robert Cargill worked on Dr. Strange. I think that was MCU writers and it was just Derrickson directing. Um, I could be wrong. I need to fact check that. I think he was involved. I think he, he, wrote he may have been I'll, involved. I'll check that for you. But you, I don't know why you're checking that. They're, they're a really good duo <laughs> together. They do a great job. Um, and I'm just down to see this. I've heard just amazing things. He did. Yeah, he, co- he co-wrote it with Derrickson and John Spates. Okay. Um, they Yeah, they do really awesome shit together. Um, I've been hearing great things about this. 
you know, Ethan Hawk, based on what I've heard from earlier reviews, based on the trailer, like he's gonna give like a performance of his career type thing. Like he apparently he really fucking goes for it in this movie, and I cannot wait. Yeah, me too. Um, I I wish I'm glad it's coming out, you know, in June, but I do wish more horror films, like big ticket horror films, came out around, you know, in the fall. I just I feel like that that feels more atmospheric, but you know, whatever. We're getting a, we're getting Halloween ends, so that's fine. Yeah, just go see it at night. Oh. <laughs> fine. Yeah, good point. Don't watch it during <laughs> the day. I got matinee prices, man. I mean, at the end of the day, even if you go during the day, you're going to be in a dark ass theater, not worried about the outside ward. So that's true. I did have a theater one time where the lights malfunctioned and didn't turn off. <gasps> yeah, that was annoying. I don't remember what movie it was, but I remember just seething. <laughs> Where I think the lights didn't malfunction. I forget the movie, but like the light, it was, I think it was, it was Sonic, it was something. The lights didn't turn off, and someone got up and like left the theater. And next thing you know, the lights are off. So I was like, oh, hell yeah, our hero, let's go say something. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's funny. Um, finally, the second trailer for Jurassic World Dominion comes out June 10th. And yeah, this is going to be awesome. Uh, I think it's Colin Trevorrow is directing it, right? Yeah, he's coming back from Jurassic World after having J.A. Bayona, um, director of The Orphanage, I believe, which is mm-hmm. an upcoming film guys on episode. Yeah. Um, he directed it. Um, it looks really good. I mean, look, I've been really down for this new, this new, uh, the, the Ward series of films. I really like the first one, but that was a really good return to film for this franchise. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people not like Fallen Kingdom. I enjoyed Fallen Kingdom for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was more contained, but I also like how it was like darker and went with the horror route. I was I was kind of a sucker for that. I thought the raptor was actually kind of like creepy. Well, and Ted Levine. And Ted Levine, like, come on. Yeah. Um, the original franchise Viagra. Um, yeah. So the yeah, thing that I, really I liked Fallen Kingdom too, but what bothered me was the fact that they just kind of dropped human cloning in there and never really addressed it. Yeah, like which was I, I want to say like a leftover, like talks about scrap plot point from like earlier traps of a full Jurassic Park for the longest time. I remember that it was going to be like human dinosaur hybrids. And then somebody came along and was like, that's fucking stupid. Don't do that. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I know some people are like, oh, Lost World already had a T-Rex in the city. It had a T-Rex. It did not have all of the dinosaurs upsetting the fragile balance yeah. of the ecosystem here. Well, um, according to IMDb, this is set four years after the events of Fallen Kingdom where the dinosaurs were released. So the dinosaurs have been breeding in the world. So they are an established creature in the world's ecosystems. So it's going to be a very different animal than a T-Rex loose in San Diego. Yeah. And it, it just, and what they've shown looks so good. I mean, you're seeing like when they're showing like the ideal of like, you're going to go see a, a, a movie at the drive-in for the places that sort of drive-ins and a T-Rex comes in and interrupts your movie. One, obviously I'd be terrified for my life, but I'd also be kind of mad. I'd be like, what the fuck? It was getting good. I wonder if there's like a dinosaur clause where like if a T-Rex interrupts the show and you get a refund. No. Uh, but it, it, this reminds me so much of that. Uh, do you ever watch Louis C.K.'s special, Oh My God? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You remember the bit he said where like if humans weren't at the top of the food chain, where like you're going to work and you just like you could get eaten 
And you're just like, oh shit, and just start running because <laughs> something's yeah. chasing you. It reminds me, like, that's what it is now. Like, humans aren't at the top. So, like, you could just randomly get, you know, attacked by a dinosaur on your way to work. Yeah, it's crazy that this movie is literally taking the idea of, like, you could just be going to the damn um, the movies and you gotta be careful that something doesn't grab you from the sky or fucking a raptor doesn't come out of nowhere. Like, you have to actually be just going home. Let's say you're a young college man. And you go to the lady's house to do the deed, and you're just coming home for the night. And now you got to worry about some fucking little thing spitting ass at you and eating you on your way home. <laughs> like, I'm excited to see how this gets resolved, if this gets resolved. And I'm pretty sure one of the original cast is going to die. They have to. And it's probably not going to be who we saw in the trailer when they were teasing it. I mean, Lord, I was like, oh, there's no way you put it in this new trailer, and it's her. No, it's... I'm, I would bet money it's going to be Sam Neill. It's going to be Sam Neill. I wouldn't be surprised. Grant's going to get killed by a raptor or a T-Rex, I guarantee you. By a heroic sacrifice somehow. Yeah. Um, I did... I, I'm just really excited for this one. I love what they showed, like, when uh, he was, like, how they showed more of, like, I think, Italy or wherever it takes place, the scene with him on the motorcycle. and you're, I laughed. I sure have. But I kind of laughed my ass off and that one guy was on the scooter as, like, everyone's running out of the square because, like, there's all these fucking carnivorous dinosaurs everywhere. And, like, that one T-Rex just comes out of nowhere and just takes him off his fucking moped. <laughs> what made me laugh, and I really hope they work on this in the film, is there's so many people just not, really, not reacting to the fact that there's dinosaurs walking around. Like everyone's just kind of walking with them or like not not mentioning them. Even when a T-Rex is like attacking people, there's dudes in the background just like just walking through Rome. Like, I hope that gets well, fixed in post. Think think about it. If it's four years after, this may not be the first attack. So they may have just been like, look, just stay calm. Just keep walking. It doesn't see you. Just keep going. I love the idea that they could get numb to a T-Rex attack in right? broad daylight. Get, look, <laughs> as someone who was who used to be a Boy Scout, can you imagine... Boy Scouts going on camping trips in this ward. You have to worry legit about is my son coming home after the weekend's over? <laughs> you yeah, like you're you're walking through the woods, a, a bear shows up and you're like, you know, don't move. You try to look bigger. Fucking T-Rex comes out of nowhere, eats the bear. <laughs> now what? I, I imagine nobody goes camping anymore. No. No more <laughs> camping, no more hiking, rock climbing, like any outdoor activity should be done. Scuba diving. Even- even the fucking cities are, aren't safe. Like they're just wandering the cities too. Like you can't do anything. Yeah. Can't go crab fishing anymore. Apparently as we see the one, one dinosaur come up. Oh, when he fucks up that deadliest catch boat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like how that dinosaur has become like the MVP of the series. Like it always has a moment where it comes down and eats someone. It didn't in Ward. It did it in fucking Fallen Kingdom at the very beginning when it took the helicopter down. I feel like it was a little harsh. In world when it ate, you know, Lena Luther. That was like, a really harsh uh, scene. She wasn't that bad a person. She didn't deserve it. De- like D'Onofrio deserved a death like that, not her. Yeah, no, she she didn't. And also, I was like, one, she deserved a death. And like, how dare you do that to Miss Lena Luther? She's a very attractive woman. Let her live. Although I got to say, like, one of maybe my favorite moment of the entire fucking franchise is when the thing came out of nowhere and ate the fucking Indominus Rex. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, world's cool. I don't give these new movies have been fine. I've enjoyed them. I mean, 
it's nowhere, you know, they're nowhere near as bad as the fucking, you know, talking raptor in the dream in Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, look, if I'm being honest, I have pretty much liked every single film in this franchise minus three. Even three, though, has that epic pterodactyl <laughs> sequence. Like, it's got its moments. They've all yeah, got their moments. So, yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a fine franchise. Yeah, I mean, look, nothing's ever going to topple the first movie, obviously. Of course not. But, I mean, I know like, a lot of people that, like, really don't like Lost World. I was like, I like Lost World. I think it's a fine enough fucking sequel. Um, yeah. Like I said, I don't really like three, but there are moments I enjoy. Like, um, yeah, the pterodactyl scene in the cage is always a fucking highlight when they get there. Well, now I'm excited to watch that again at some point just to see that, you know, the the guy who steals the raptor egg was fucking Pollux Troy. That was a big, no, like, I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah, that should be fun. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, June 10th, uh, expect a big old Jurassic World Dominion episode. We're, we're excited. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I'm definitely going to try to get the ticket for the big screen at my theater for that. I know my theater has already got them for sale. I know. I actually need to get on it because my, my, my theater has them for sale also. Yeah. My draft house doesn't really fill up anymore. Like, they, you know, they, they get a good turnout, but I haven't had to, like, I haven't seen any sold out shows in a long time, which is usually, my theater. I have to do it for the big movies that look good. Like, I, I, as soon as tickets went up for Dr. Strange 2, I got uh, tickets for them. Um, I need to get tickets for this so I can get good seats. It's going to be fun. Uh, speaking of big movies, a sequel to The Batman has been officially announced. Matt Reeves is returning to direct, and Robert Pattinson will play Batman once more. No one's surprised, but it's nice to get official confirmation on a sequel. Yeah, I mean, this was a given, but like anything, it's just nice to know that it is for sure happening. Um, Who's going to yeah. be our bad guy? I doubt it's going to be Joker. Penguin's going to get his moment, his time to shine with the series, so I feel like it's not going to be Penguin. Mm-hmm. Wondering who it's going to be. I'm hoping for like the Mad Hatter or someone outside the box. Calendar Man. You know what? I would love to see this universe take on Calendar Man. He's probably a fucking psycho. Oh, yeah. Condiment King. <laughs> you know what? I feel they can make it work somehow. <laughs> what if like this, this sequel is like the complete opposite in tone of this one? It's just like the far extreme other side of what this tone was. The new guy in charge is like, you know what? <laughs> I'm sure some people like Batman and Robin. We got to go back to that. We got to make it campy, make it pop. I want to sell toys, damn it. Bat nibbles. Oh, God. People would be so pissed. I don't think Pattinson's career could survive the way, survive it the way Clooney's did. No, and he got lucky to survive it after Twilight. How would happen to some of those actors? Yeah, that will not happen. Matt Reeves has a, a trilogy planned here, so I'm sure whatever he's got in the bag is going to be it's going to be nice yeah and I'm, I'm okay if he well i stand by it as much as i thought like what we got teased teased with his version of joker no. looks like i'm i'm okay with joker not being a fucking villain in a batman movie. I'm, I'm very adamant with this like batman has a lot of rose galleries that has not been used so stop using the same fucking ones and use the ones you haven't used as often it was nice getting to see you know a revamp <laughs> gary riddler for once and i'm sure joker is going to have his moment in the um the arkham show they're working on I, I know we've seen him before, but I would I really want to see Matt Reeves' take on Scarecrow. Yeah, that would be cool. I would be down for his take on Mr. Freeze to try to like yes. Like, what if he just kept doing that? Like he's just picking villains from like the Schumacher films and being like, I can do better. The bad guys are Freeze and Ivy, and then like part three, it's like Two Face and Bane. Yeah. 
that would fucking rock. I'd be down. Uh, that's funny. Toothpaste would be fucking brutal. This two. I hope we see. I want to see like a Harvey Dent established DA in part two, and then like a full blown Two Face movie for part three. Like I don't want a little bit at the end. I want a full blown okay. gangster Two Face for the whole movie. Oh yeah, I assume as much as I love the Dark Knight, I I really fucking hate that we didn't get more Two Face. Because I actually really liked Aaron Eckert's uh, take on it. I like what Nolan was doing with it. And I was like, sweet. But instead, without thinking about it, you know, and obviously he's not going to think like, well, in case Heath Ledger kills himself. We're not all Kevin Feige here. Um, you know, he wasn't thinking of that, but like maybe not fucking kill him. So then you had someone you could use for your third film if, the, you know, unfortunate case that happened. Well, I feel but like again, the, you know, the way Two-Face was done in the Dark Knight trilogy, though, he wasn't a long-term villain. He was very much just a, like, a suffering soul who wanted out and he wanted to take some people with him. So I, I feel like that Two-Face wasn't going to work for a full movie anyway. Like, I, can make it work. Maybe I, I, I just don't see Aaron Eckhart's Two-Face becoming a gangster, like a crime boss. He was just like, everyone responsible for killing the woman I loved is going to die. Like, that's all he cared about. True. Oh, I just, I want more Two-Face... I do too. We had him only at the end of Dark Knight, and then we had whatever Tommy Lee Jones was doing, even though he didn't sanction fucking Carrie's buffoonery for whatever fucking reason. So it's like, can we can we just get like an actual movie of a kick-ass Two-Face? Maybe. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited that we're getting more of Matt Reeves' universe. I loved the Batman, and I'm so excited to see where he goes next with this. Uh, and I'm glad Pattinson's in it for the long haul too. He's quickly becoming like one of my favorite uh, live action Dark Knights. Oh yeah, those uh, I won't I won't name names even though they don't listen to the podcast. Um, but and I know he's not the only one. Uh, those are uh, those guy at work that he said he tried watching when it hit HBO Max. And he was like, apparently can not do it so I can see what's Twilight. And I'm like, for those of you that are still holding on to that, then you're just messing out. Like actors act. Like yeah, that's what they do. That's their job. I was like, fact matter is, he hates Twilight. He has openly dissed the shit out of that movie series in lots of interviews. It's actually kind of funny to me um, how much he's just been like, yeah, I hate those movies. Um, that's like, that's not fair. Not anymore. Yeah, it's like, guys, like it's been like, I think it's been over a decade since the last one came out anyway. Um, or getting close. I can't remember. Um, I think it'll be a decade... In, no, yeah, this year, 2012, I think was the last Twilight movie. So, wow. So yeah, so it's like it's been a, it's been a decade. Like it passed it. Like he's an actor. He does a lot of shit. It's kind of like those who like when people say they can't see Daniel Radcliffe anything because all they see is very prominent. Like that's your fault. Or the more recent one I hear about, the more on the or more timely one I guess I should say is Tom Holland, right? With the new Uncharted, people are like, oh, I can't see Spider Spiderman. Well, that's your fucking fault. Like they're actors. Yeah, and I, I get it. They be a lot of times they are in something that they're tied to. It happens. I understand it. You think James Bond, you think Daniel Craig for a lot of people, right? Yeah. I, I know, I know you're a big fan. I'm just saying for a lot of people, they think Daniel Craig. You know, you think Harry Potter, you think, you know, Daniel Radcliffe, right? Like it's just how a lot of this stuff happens. You know, to this day, I'm sure Elijah Wood, as soon as he gets hurt, it's mostly Lord of the Rings that people identify him with to this day. But they are actors. They do other shit. And I honestly, nowadays, and I'm sure this is the same for a lot of people, when I think of Robert Pattinson, the first thing I go to now is Batman. 
So yeah, yeah, he worked very awesome. hard to make that happen. So awesome. Before Batman it was Lighthouse. I was like, shit, I get stop talking about Twilight. I've seen Lighthouse, and now now I'm seeing Batman. I'm like, oh god, yes. Well, we're getting more. So thankfully, that'll be fun. Uh, in fact, we're getting more of a lot of things. Sony oh, has announced sequels to Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. So we're getting uh, Venom 3 and Ghostbusters 4, which is exciting. I I kind of hope the, the original cast doesn't come back for, for Ghostbusters 4. I hope we get a full you know, movie with these new guys. I like this new cast. I think it's, it'd be fun to see them get to do their own thing. Yeah, I like, I like the new cast a lot um i'd be down just to see them do their own thing yeah it um, took like 30 years to get bill murray on board for ghostbusters 3 i don't want to have to wait another three decades to get him to turn his turn around on ghostbusters 4 yeah um yeah i like i already had a feeling that venom 3 was going to happen but it was nice to hear that like we are getting super from ghostbusters yeah. for ghostbusters um so it, it's just nice to hear. I, I am wondering, like, I love how Sony announced that, but there has been no talk of Morbius, which I love. They're like, Morbius? What? Huh? I, no. I can't wait for the end of Venom 3 when the Vulture shows up to recruit Venom to fight a Spider-Man that nobody's fucking heard of. <laughs> I hope your address is like, I'm not playing that shit in my movie. I don't know what you're building to, but it's shit. <sighs> I feel like Sony's not going to let that happen. They're going to. They want their fan. They want their Sinister Six movie so bad. It's they don't care if it makes sense. Point. Yeah, it's amazing. Like I'm like, guys, let it go. We literally got the Sinister Six movie with No Way Home. We got that, and it was great. You got money on that. Well done, you. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> I I I and, and again, that's if they are. Like I said, they've been amazingly quiet since Morbius came out, so I wonder if there's been, like, talks of, like, okay, we can't, we still can't do Sinister Six. You gotta wait. No one likes Morbius. We're really getting thrashed on that fucking mid, uh, mid-credits mid scene. <sighs> we'll wait longer. So let's do Venom 3 and Craven the Hunter, okay? Well, I, it could work, you know? I mean, make Venom the hero of this universe and have the Sinister Six team up to fight him. Yeah, they literally kept mentioning Lethal Protector throughout Let There Be Carnage. Venom does not want to be a bad guy in this universe. He wants to eat bad guys. So just embrace that. You've already got the pave, like you've got it paved for him to be a good guy. Yeah. Just work on that. Have Carnage come back as, you know, one of the six. And maybe he says, you know, we can't do this. We can't take over the world until we take him out. Something like that. Yeah. It's like you actually have it there because you have a very successful franchise with Venom. People are loving Venom. Yeah. So you have like where well, you could be your flagship, your mainstay franchise right there. And you just kind of build to work with that. I feel like I could run Sony pretty well because apparently you don't need a lot of skill or creative juice to do it. I mean, I I don't know who I got to blow to do it, but I'll do it. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> just, it just <laughs> seems like any Joe Schmo can run this franchise into the ground. Sony, so wh- why not man. me? Sony is just being interesting right now. They're like, we're going to get that Sinister Six movie. It's almost like they're just determined to make things happen that they can't make happen, like getting PS5s into houses and getting their Sinister Six movie. Sony is just like not winning. But I can't even say, technically, they're still winning with PS5 because it's sold out because of how many people fucking want it. 
that they can't keep it in stock. Yeah, currently. I know. I finally have money, and now I I can't get one. It's like, <laughs> shit. It's it's my Turbo Man. I'm I I need it. <laughs> Pretty nice console. I'm enjoying playing my games on it and watching 4Ks. That's nice. That that sounds nice. It is nice. Um, well. Well, we're getting a third Venom and a fourth Ghostbusters. I So we got Zool's return and Gozer in Ghostbusters Afterlife. I wonder if they're thinking about a revamp of Vigo the Carpathian. Maybe. Honestly, we want to act like Ghostbusters 2 never happens. No, they, Jason like, Reitman said that that's canon 100%. Just not the, not the female-fronted one. Yeah, because that movie sucked. But yeah, he said Ghostbusters 2 counts. He said that. I know it counts. I'm just saying a lot of fans don't like love for that movie. I actually enjoy it. But... I do too. Ghostbusters 2 is fun. I don't get the hate for that movie at all. Yeah, I think it's fun. Yeah. I don't I don't like the 2016 movie, the one that is not canon. No, that movie was terrible. And not because it's women, it's because it's the director didn't give a fuck I, about I, Ghostbusters. <laughs> I, I do think it's funny that like I think uh, Leslie Jones was one that made such a big deal about it being because it was women, female friend that it flopped and then get a sequel. I'm like, so explain the movie that was kid fronted and nostalgia fueled. It's getting a sequel. I never buy the it was made for women. So it flopped argument because women outnumber men in this country and no women went to see it either. Yeah, it's like, well, clearly women can go see it. There's plenty of films that are like very clearly geared towards women. Yeah. That are huge successes at the box office. Yeah, there are. You think the and, notebook and, was made for dudes? No, it was made for women. It was a humongous fucking success. Yeah. It's it's just weird that they think they can take an existing property, slap a new coat of paint on it, and then just expect everybody to show up. And I don't I don't like that. Uh, but whatever. Afterlife gave us a new story with new characters that worked, built on an existing legacy, honored the original film, and I, I enjoyed it. So I'm excited to see the next one. Well, I'm very excited to see what they do. I know Reitman said that he he ended it purposely with the idea that other directors will come in and pick up the story in any way they want from there. So the way it sounds that they're not beholden now to having the franchise characters come back, it could very much be done without them. I'm sure one of them will cameo Aykroyd or Ernie Hudson. It ain't going to be For Bill sure. Murray, but it'll be yeah. one of them. For sure, Hudson. He is always so on board to be in these movies. Yeah. And I hope down the road we get, you know, just a little bit from Rick Moranis. That would be really cool. Look, if he's willing to do the, what, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids review or whatever, like, come on, Rick. <laughs> come on. Come back to Ghostbusters for us. Yeah. I think it'd be neat if in the Little Shop of Horrors remake he played like the first customer who shows up and starts asking about the plant or something <laughs> like that. I think that'd be really cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, next up, what do we got? A sequel to The Nun has been announced. Um, Bonnie Aarons will rep- reprise her role as the demonic nun Valak and Michael Chaves will direct. He previously directed The Curse of La Llorona and The Conjuring 3, so we should we should be pretty concerned. I mean, I was already concerned that we're getting a sequel because I hated The Nun. It took me three tries to get through the movie because I kept falling asleep. I, was I, didn't, just like, I, I didn't mind it. I don't know how you didn't mind that horrendous travesty of a film, but good for you. Um, 
I, I, look, I wasn't on board. I, I really hate the first one. I, I fucking hate the nun. That was terrible. Cannot stress that enough on my end. And yeah, as soon as they announced who was like directing, I was like, oh god. Why does like, this how? guy keep getting like opportunities? La Llorona was terrible. The Conjuring Three, I think, bombed. Right. Yeah, like so far he has successfully killed various facets of this franchise because they're not doing like to the point that like I remember the pre-release were saying like no La Llorona is attached to the Conjuring universe, and now they're being like no, it's not really attached. No, after uh, release and its reception. The priest from Annabelle was in it. That's all the connection yes. I need. Yeah, but ever since that release and reception, all of a sudden they're like, eh, it's not really that connected. I was like, oh, okay, I see what you fuckers are doing. You don't get to do that. No, just because yep. Thor the Dark World wasn't great doesn't mean it doesn't count. You can't you can't yeah. do that. You can't do that. And then I remember when like the you know, Conjuring 3 was coming out, and there was all these announcer films. It was like Conjuring was talk of the town in the universe. Contrary Three comes out, doesn't do that good, and all of a sudden, all talks of films just cease. And then the only thing we get is the Nun Two, which you could argue it's in, it's still going strong because the Nun Two's happening. It's like the Nun Two's been in development for fucking years since the first film came out. Yeah. It's just now getting traction. I'm still waiting on that Crooked Man movie. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm going to say it. I think we are done with the Conjuring universe as a franchise. I think it's coming to an end, and not a good one. That's a shame. Most of them were pretty good. I know. I'm. 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 I could be wrong, but I'm calling it. I'm just looking at the fact that that's the only announced Conjuring universe film they did was None Two. That was it. That's the only one. And the fact that we have like you know the slasher revival happening, all these Stephen King things happening, like clearly the audience has moved on. Yep. So the haunted house boom is over. It's all back to slasher. Revivals and possibly Stephen King and Firestarter as well. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm just saying, and then you get this director whose two contributions didn't do that hot. I'm not a, I don't really believe in like second and third chances when it comes to to filmmaking. Like when you when you make something that's terrible, I don't really want you to make anything else. Well, I think he should try something outside of this universe. Like, so I don't yeah. know if it's him or like WB because I, I don't have a lot of faith in WB based on various things involving DC and the whole Fantastic Beast franchise. So I don't know how much like input they got. You know what I mean? Well, La Llorona was so barely connected to to the Conjuring universe. And I feel like he got a lot of free reign on that. And what he gave us was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I still stand by like, I get it. I know Los Angeles has like a huge Hispanic population. I get that. I know there's the whole East Los Angeles thing, but you take a very Mexican, uh, specifically Mexican in this case, folktale, and just take it out of Mexico and put it in America um, and have it dealt with like a white family. I'm not one to ever really pull this fucking card because it gets on my nerves when people always do it. Like, and but in this case, even I was sitting going, this seems a little tone deaf. Why am I watching a white family in a very Hispanic, like Mexican heavy based lore? Like, why am I watching a white family deal with this in Los Angeles? Yep. I, my, the, the thesis I'm writing deals with a lot of that, actually. So glad you picked up on that. Yeah. But yeah, that and then The Conjuring 3 was such a bummer after, you know, the first two films being so good. And, but then again, you know, you can't really compete with James Wan. So maybe we just need him to come back. 
Yeah, well, so I think I remember when I, I wrote in long ago, you guys asked me about, like, uh, you know, when you said, like, James Bond being, like, the next Fresh Craven and my thing. I'm not here to talk about what I, what I, I can't, wrote. You, I don't get to live down fucking anything, do I? No. Um, but, no, I bring it up because I, I made that comment about James Bond. With all, with all of his series were, like, it's very evident across the board in all of the franchises he's done that when he leaves, like, to me – it's easy to tell the quality of the film. I don't mean that in necessarily negative way because I like a lot of the Saw films. So even the ones he didn't direct, I really, I think, but I think they got lucky in getting um, Darren Lynn Bousman in that regard afterwards, who did a fucking bang up job for three sequels, in my opinion. Um, But then like Insidious has been very rocky franchise since he, since he left it. Um, I am looking forward to the new one just because it's Patrick Wilson coming into direct and it's going back to the Lambert family with like the sun going to call like they do behind is actually kind of neat so I'm actually intrigued on this new one whenever it decides to come out. I never saw part four so I'm I don't I don't know where this is going next. Uh part four was a prequel and this one sounds like an actual sequel so you might be fine. Um, it's a prequel because they killed Lynn Shay off in the first one and didn't and realize that was a huge fucking mistake. Well I, I don't think he want he didn't intend a franchise out of this admittedly. <laughs> To his to his uh, credit, um, but then yeah, like with the Conjuring, it was always evident to me, even when it was like at its prime heyday, which ones he didn't direct. When you talk about like spinoff films, because like yeah, I like the first two Conjuring films, but like fucking Annabelle, man, like the first one sucks. It's boring as shit. I do like Creation. I'm not gonna say shit on Creation. I really like Creation, and Comes Home was okay. Like you know, it was fine. So it's like even in in its heyday, like when he's not directing, like to me, it's it's a so poor series when he's not directing. Like it's an average fucking horror film. There's just something in all his franchises that when he's on board, there's just like the guy has the touch. I don't know how to play. He just he has a really unique touch, and you can tell it's when he tell it's someone he's directing. I agree. He's got the touch. He's got the power. Uh, I guess Boogie Nights. I'm playing in my head. Yeah, me too. Um, now for some title reveals. Uh, The title for the third Spider-Verse film is going to be Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse, and it's set for a 2024 release. So I'm glad they abandoned that part one, part two bullshit. Instead, we're getting what feels like two complete films instead of one, like, halves, you know, two halves. Yes, and I hope you have it in there. If we're going to say this... Mission Impossible... Yes, they made the fuck like right when I, we made this comment. I was like, "Oh yes, that's yeah. how you do it." Tom mm-hmm. Cruise is like, "You guys want to check out the Mission Impossible towers?" And as soon as I was like, "Fuck." Yep, yep, that's coming in a couple here. We're going to talk about that for sure. Yeah, I was like, "God damn it!" But as far as this, I'm with you. I'm, I'm glad that they're being smart, unlike Mr. Tom Cruise, and said, "Hey, let's just name it two different things. It, it can be two different films. It can still be essentially your two part finale, you know, right? One leads into the other." But they're two just separate entities that lead into something bigger. Yeah, it's smoother, yeah. and I like a, I like a smooth film. Uh, Avatar two, Avatar: The Way of Water comes out December sixteenth and is going to be obliterated by Shazam of all things. So I'm excited would, to see that happen. I would laugh my ass off if Shazam beats the living shit out of this movie because no one gives a shit about Avatar anymore. It's been so so long. All right. What was well, he waiting for? 
I don't know. He wanted to raise the bar to fucking quote South Park. Um, uh, so I actually was emailing Josh about this, and I stand by it, and I'll just reiterate here because we're talking about Cameron now. There is, like I said before, there's two distinct styles to Cameron. There is post and pre-Titanic, as I like to call it. Yeah. And I won't take anything away from what he did pre-Titanic. Like he, the man made his fucking mark in cinema pre-Titanic. Yeah, we're going to be talking about some of those films later, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so he, he, you know, I, there's a hell, I give him a hell of a lot of credit for that. I fucking hate what he's become since post-Titanic. Or, and I think Josh put it right where he's just been smelling his own fart ever since and writing on that. Um, I'm just picturing like Obi Wan going, "You were the chosen one." <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's like he did Avatar, and like, look, I'll say it. I to this day, and I'm saying this as someone who saw it in theaters because I went with my family. So, like, call me hypocritical. I don't give shit. I was in high school. I was really not in charge of what I saw at theaters all the time at the time that it came out. Um, but you know, I saw it in theaters. And I remember thinking, like, I don't know why this is like the highest grossing film. Like, it's a decent flick it's a fun flick but the story is okay it's a mediocre story just with really good special effects that's it i saw avatar twice i saw it the first time i was like all right that was all right I saw it the second time because my aunt invited me to the movies and didn't tell me what we were seeing and we saw avatar and also she like i think she left her wallet at home so i had to pay for everybody i was like so upset because i was like like my birthday money just bought everybody movie tickets. <laughs> That's a movie you saw already. A movie I already saw. <laughs> so uh, I kind of I kind of hate watched Avatar the second time. It was just like it's a bad day. Bad day. It, yeah, I just I don't get it. And he's waited so long for these sequels. He's gone all in on Avatar. Fuck any other film that man wants to make. Um all in, we're getting up to five, I believe. Up to so like four sequels, two of which have filmed. He's already filmed two and three, and we're finally getting two after like fifty something delays. And I just like I said, I'm at a point, man, where like, and I'm 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 kind of at that point with Cameron. I'm like, you need a fucking reality check. You need this film to bomb. Like, there's like him and Nolan. I'm like, you guys need a fucking reality check and your shit to bomb. Just get your ego in check for a second. And be like, you're not. Like, stop pursuing this path. Like, go back to the Cameron pre-Titanic that I know and love so much. James Cameron. Did you ever see the uh, his Oscar acceptance speech for Titanic? No. It's the most obnoxious, self-serving shit I've ever seen. He goes up there and he yells, I'm the king of the world, and then walks away. Like, what an asshole. <laughs> so, yeah, not a fan of Cameron. Love his 80s and 90s work, but... He is just a walking ego at this point that needs to be deflated. And I want Avatar 2 to bomb hard specifically so he realizes he's not the king of the fucking world. Yes. And that's why I was kind of hoping, like, I was happy when I saw Aquaman 2 was there first. I was like, please let me, please let the film that this little horror filmmaker known as James Bond that did do all this cool underwater stuff in the first one that no one really seems to be talking about because we're all focused on fucking Avatar 2. And let that just demolish his Avatar 2. But now I'm kind of glad they moved because, like I said, I stand by that. I do think some of the stuff going on with the with the case is going to hurt a little bit of the, this, that upcoming film's box, box office. If 
because we're not getting rid of Amber Heard. Um, but at this point, yeah, please, Shazam, please destroy it. Because I really like the first Shazam. I'm actually really excited for this new one. So, yeah, please, Shazam, destroy it. Annihilate, please, for the love of God. Yeah, I think it will. The next Quiet Place film is going to be a prequel called A Quiet Place Day One, uh, which I believe is set for 2023 release. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird, considering we saw Day One in A Quiet Place yeah. Part Two. Uh, so the thing that's going on, right, is that Krasinski does have an ideal for a third film to complete, like the trilogy with the family we've been following, right? The habits that we've been following. Mm-hmm. But I guess because they don't want to wait for him and they're so determined to make this into a franchise that they've decided to say, well, we'll pre-light or green light a prequel that get someone else to direct that while we wait for your actual Quiet Place Part 3 film. No, that's obnoxious. Uh, yeah. I'm, this, is a, this franchise has been 50-50 for me. So hopefully day one is a good movie, but it doesn't seem like they're doing it. it for the right reasons. So, no, I and I, I still don't understand how it's 50 50 because the second film is literally the first film. I think they tried harder with the second film. I liked the opening, getting to see how it all started. I liked, I felt more connection to the family. I thought this, the they tried hard in both of them. I didn't, I didn't like the first one. I'm sorry. I thought it was boring because you're wrong. Whatever, what, whatever. I don't, don't I'm need, done, def- I'm done explaining myself on that. You don't need to see the invasion. Okay, just no. We threat. did, and it was cool. <laughs> I saw the invasion, and I was like, "This is what I wanted." All right, now I have context. It's pretty but good. Why? Why did you? You didn't need the context. You well, apparently, I did because once I got it, I was like, "This is a good movie." Sounds like your fault. Because anyone else had enough context in the first movie. Good for them. I don't fucking care. <laughs> they can get what they need. I can get what I need. Same enough context. But we really don't need this day one movie. That's, that's too much prequel. The fact that we're doing a prequel. After a second film. The next Mission Impossible movie is called Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Set for a release in July 2023 after being pushed back again and again because Tom Cruise is basically been throwing a temper tantrum for two years. Uh, It's already done. It's actually been in post-production this whole time. Well, good. Let's finish this up and let us watch it. Wait for it. The reason it got delayed this last time was because Mr. Cruz, I guess, didn't have faith in his editors, scriptwriters, all the audience, and didn't want there to be any issues and continuity or anything between like the films. So he was holding up the release of Mission Impossible 7 until they finally started filming 8. <sighs> yes. That's what happened. That's why we had that last minute fucking delay. I have really enjoyed Mission Impossible 4, 5, and 6, and I was actually looking forward to this. But I don't like that part one. I think that's obnoxious and unnecessary. <sighs> it's stupid, and I'm like you. This is a franchise that somehow got like, better as it went along. Like I can also say like the first film is my least favorite somehow. Yeah, um, I have no intention of watching one, two, or three ever again. But four, five, and six, I all I own all of those, and they're really good movies. Yeah, I mean, I own all of them for because I can't not have the first three in the collection. That's just weird. Um, but 
Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. Like, it didn't really kick into, like, a good movie series so far, like, uh, the fourth one for me. Um, but, yeah, it's, I, I, yeah, like I said, we got, I got so happy that Spider-Man man it just for Tom Cruise to say, like, you guys still like part ones and part twos, right? Huh? huh? I'm surprised Vin Diesel didn't pull this shit with Fast X, for Christ's sakes. Like, I don't understand. I think there's, it's, it's, it's early yet. It might still happen. We'll talk a little bit more about Fast X uh, in a bit here. But, um, yeah, Dead Reckoning. Dead Reckoning is a cool title. But then you add part one, and I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, <laughs> now it's not going to fit on the byline. No. Especially because, like, when I was just being lazy with your eighth movie, or just being incredibly lazy. Yeah. Dead Reckoning part two, I'm going to go ahead and guess. <laughs> I would, to fuck with people, I would have called it something completely different and then dropped the part two. So then there's just only a part one dead reckoning and that's it. That would piss me off so much. Just there's dead never reckoning part one and then like Mission Impossible, like the end or something like that. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> no. Part two never happened. I would I would love to like fuck with a franchise titles like that. Like release like a part four and call it like, you know, movie part like part two part four like the the subtitles part two but it's also a part four just to watch people's heads explode okay be fun you you would enjoy it yes i would (laughs) friday 13 uh friday 13 6 jason lives part 10 part 10 (laughs) Jesus. Good stuff. Yeah. There's just a right way and a wrong way to do this, and so they're doing it the wrong way. Uh, yeah. This was interesting. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and the Marvels have swapped release dates. Ant-Man 3 will now come out February 17th, and the Marvels will come out July 28th, both in 2023. And I'm, I'm wondering what this shakeup means, because Marvel's, you know, the order of the release is very important to Marvel. So what... Does this mean? Does this have something to do with Doctor Strange? Does this have something to do with Thor or some or a series? Like what? I read that. I read that they were already done filming Ant Man, and they're still not done filming uh, the Marvel, so they just switched it because it's going to come off first. Uh, So it's just a traditional reason. It's got nothing to do with the story. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, they apparently there's they're done. One's closer to being ready to get completed and out there than the other. I wonder if the recent uh, Bill Murray scandal is going to have any impact on, on, on Ant-Man 3. Is he in Ant-Man 3? Yeah. He is? You didn't hear that? Yeah, that was a while back. He confirmed, yeah, I'm in the movie. He's like, he's playing a bad guy. This Was this confirmed in 2020 when I was gone? No, this was like last year. What the fuck? We t- I think we brought it up at one point. Like, that was done on the sneak preview. I remember talking about that. Well, I forgot, so fuck me. Well, yeah, Bill Murray's in part three. Well, I learned something. He has been accused of inappropriate behavior, so I'm I'm hoping that has no impact on Ant Man three. Did you see that he, I guess, like had like this weird apology of like being like, "Well, now I know what's wrong," and right on sudden, I'm like, "You should have just known that, Bill." Yeah, like, this has been very educational. I've learned so much. Like, wow, Bill, yeah. really? Yeah, he pulled that card. I was like, okay, <laughs> listen, Bill and Matt, stop. 
pulling the this was an educational experience card, it just makes you not look good. It actually makes you look worse. Yeah. If you're too ignorant to know not to say dumb shit like that on a film set, that's on you, man. Like that shouldn't be a Eureka moment. That's basic. Eureka. Yeah. You don't no you know nobody else gets to say obnoxious shit like that at work without consequences. So why should you guys? Oh, okay. Um, next up, Justin Lin has left production of Fast X days in production. I wonder what happened between him and Vin Diesel, because that's definitely the only reason I guarantee it. He insulted family somehow. He said something bad about Dick Riddick, and Vin told him to fuck off. He probably was like, Hey, so you're gonna finally do the fourth film? And he was like, You're not directing anymore. Because that would, that would be my first question. Hey, Vin, remember the, the fourth film that Universal told you was Greenland and you can make? And Troy has written and waiting on you? Where the fuck is it? What are you doing outside of Fast and Furious? Nothing. Don't 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 you dare tell me, Groot. I was like, they could literally just record the shit you said in a booth and fucking put it in there. You don't have to be there. Do a young Riddick movie and just give it to The Rock. At, look, at this point, just get someone that actually likes the character as much as like he does that really knows the character and have them continue the franchise. I'm done waiting on fucking Vin goddamn Diesel. I don't care enough about the Riddick movies to really be following any of it. So I, I don't really have a dog in the race. I don't but wrong opinion, as always. Good for you. <laughs> You're never getting your fourth Riddick. It's never happening. You're going to get 10 more Fast and Furious movies if Vin has to make them in his fucking garage before he does a fourth Riddick. What if, like, after you say this, like, it's announced yesterday that, like, Fast 10 is now getting shut down temporarily and Riddick 4 is back on track? I hope Vin Diesel some, like, it's at Comic-Con or something, like, says, you know, I've got a secret project in the works, something fans have wanted for years. I'm finally doing it. And the screen comes down and it's yeah, pacifier too. <laughs> <laughs> he just trolls people like that. Oh god, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Maybe one day if he needs the money, but I don't see him needing the money. I don't. Somehow he's making shit done. But the thing is, though, this is also costing them. I was reading that this is cost could cost upward to a million a day on the studio until they finally get a fucking director. I think production. he's just gonna do it himself. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he's just like, I'll take this one. I know how to direct. I'm a trained thespian. Saw a movie at a DVD exchange store. I don't remember what it was called, but on the cover, Vin Diesel had hair and it really freaked me out. Man Apart? It was called Find Me Guilty. Yeah, I've actually heard it's a pretty good movie. Guys, when he has has hair in that movie. That's not right. It's just, it doesn't look right. No, I heard from a lot of people that he's really good in that, and it's actually a really good movie. And like, it was more of like, hey, maybe even Diesel will go down this route. He didn't. Yep, he took the easy way out. Which is, he was just, like, God, that was really hard actually acting. Let me, let me, let me get out of this. Yeah. And everybody asked him, you know, like, so what are you going to choose between a career as a thespian and all these car movies? He looked right at the camera and he went, I got no choice. And we saw what happened. <laughs> he didn't say it nearly as powerful as I just did. <laughs> I have lived my life a quarter mile at a time. Ugh. Dirt a man's family. Pretty stupid thing to do. 
There's no short. There's no shortage of terrible Vin Diesel lines to throw out here. There's. I've never seen a man care so much more about his family than Vin Diesel does in Fast and Furious. Except for his secret brother, he never told anybody about. That's really going to bother me. Yeah, right. But, that apparently, based off this casting, is going to continue to not be talked about. No, he decided to join, you know, government ops and called himself peacemaker. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's, it, it is weird that this guy who's just so gung ho about family has been saying nothing but loyalty to family. Never mentioned his brother. He abandoned. <laughs> All because he wrongly assumed he killed their dad. Yeah. As we came to find out throughout the movie. I, I don't understand it. Um, speaking of dropping out, John Watts has dropped out of Fantastic Four. Uh, following his success with the uh, Spider-Man Home trilogy, John Watts was all set to direct Fantastic Four for Marvel, but I don't remember why he said he dropped out. Dropped out. I assumed it was fatigue. Yeah, he said he wanted a break from superhero films. I get it. After No Way Home, the secrecy and the pain by creating that thing, I bet he wants to go, you know, sit down for a little bit. Yeah, from what I, yeah, it was a reset. And from what I understand, there was no animosity. Like, Marvel was very willing to, like, accommodate, be like, okay, yeah, we get it. Um, they even said, I think Feige was even saying, like, you know, we, we really want him for it. We really look forward to it, but we totally get it. We're going to let him rest. And hopefully, you know, down the line, we can work with him again. So it sounds like, you know, Whenever they whatever whenever they decide to reveal what they do with Spider Man, they might be a, that that'd be a case where they might welcome him back, you know, with open arms, giving him his rest. Um, well, hopefully, they find a replacement soon. Yeah, if Watts since Watts isn't doing it, I think personally, I'm I don't know if he'd be interested in continuing, but James Gunn, maybe. But I think he's really tied to now Peacemaker and Guardians. I don't. I think that's going. To, I don't think he is getting outside of those two things currently because he is writing and directing apparently all the fucking episodes for season two of Peacemaker. It's beautiful, but I just you know he's he's proven himself to be kind of the best when it comes to team you know superhero movies and building camaraderie and just making you like all these characters and Fantastic Four needs a reliable filmmaker to bring this back. I'd and say I, yeah. I'd say here like Taika Ratiti or if they can get the Russo brothers back and see if they'd be interested in coming back. So they've had their nice little break from Marvel. Uh, for a while now. Um, so if maybe they'd be interested in coming back and doing it again. True. Well, I'm excited. Anyway, I want to see Fantastic Four. I, but yeah, John Watts deserves a break. He killed it with all three of those films, and I'm very glad. So go go to take five. <laughs> take ten, dude. Take as long as you want. Yeah. All right. So that's all that happened last week in film. Quite a lot. Uh, some positive, some negative. I'm looking at you, Tom Cruise. Um, so with that, Vin Diesel. There's always bad news with Vin Diesel. Um, top 10 1980s action films. Uh, arguably the heyday of the action film, back when people were just being crazy and doing whatever the hell the cocaine in their system told them to do. And we got to reap the benefits. Some of the greatest films of all time. You know, some blur the line, sci-fi, fantasy, uh, comedy. It's all over the map here, but action is the through line. And we have each prepared 10 films that we love. And let's get into it. Uh, why don't you start us out? Well, uh, 
yeah, like you said, like I, like I said, I really, you know, you have like a in your mind the '80s action craze how it is, and then as you're doing your research, like oh well, there was also this movie, and there was this movie, and you realize how like really open and like progressive the genre was at that time. Um, one could argue, I feel like it, like I said, I really think it died hardcore in like the 2000s, more so with Iron Man for superhero films. I'd say Batman. Um, yeah. Personally, just because like I said, there was still plenty of stuff coming out in the nineties to support action. I, I felt like Thanks Stallone um, was just like nobody saw Rambo three, and it's because of that Batman. It's because of that Batman movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I I now with that said, action is in a good place now. Um, thanks to things like John Wick, uh, obviously like really blew the doors open and like has helped bring it kind of back to its glory days in a way. Yeah. Um, so we are in a good we are in a good golden age again. I feel like. But with that said, um, getting into my number, my number ten starts with a film that has one of the most problematic actors in Hollywood working still somehow, and that is the Road Warrior. Oh, all right. Very nice. Um, I almost forgot about Mad Max when I was doing my list, and I was like, I need. I was like Ryan Nathan. I was like, oh shit, Mad Max came out in the eighties. Um, well. Okay, I think the first one was actually like the late 70s. Yeah, two and, and three are in the 80s. So those, yeah. Yeah. Um, and how I feel about this franchise in general is this. The first one's all right. Like, it's it's pretty good, but it has a very weird structure to me. Um, I really don't like the third film. I don't like Beyond Thunderdome. Um, minus, like, the actual Thunderdome portion of the movie, I don't like the rest of it. Two men um, enter. One man leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love, 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 love Fury Road. It's so fucking good. But for 80s, man, I think they really, I think they, I think they peaked in the original run of this franchise with Road Warrior. That this movie is a damn near perfect action film. Um, from the world that is built to like Mel Gibson's portrayal of this character, you know, well before all the fucking shit was coming out about him. You know, and he was like the the next guy to look out for in Hollywood at this time. You know, he was really making a name for himself with this. And another movie I don't want to mention right now. Hint, hint for something later on my list. Um, but you know, he is wonderful in this. It's full like the the look of these guys for Apocalypse Wasteland is something that has been copied at nausea now. It's just a very unique look. Um, you know, South Park did a really funny episode on it with like boys versus girls that was fucking hilarious. Um, it has the classic line of him telling the, the people to walk away, just walk away. You know, like a, you hear that, you know, oh, yeah, that's right. The word where um, I yeah, I fucking love this movie. It's a great fucking movie. And I, I it flips for me, man. It really fits between this and Fury Road being as my favorites. Like I can put either one of those in and have a good fucking time with this series when it comes to one of these two films. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Road Warrior is pretty badass. Didn't quite make my top 10, but it is badass. Uh, my favorite line is when the guy's introducing the humongous and he calls him the Ayatollah of rock and roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, Road Warrior is a, a 80s classic, and I'm glad it was shouted out. It's been a long time since I watched the Mad Max films. I think uh, I do think we got a little something coming down the pipeline in the next few months, possibly on one of our shows, I won't say which. So that might be an opportune time to just go ahead and marathon these proper again. 
yeah, I got the I picked up the Blu-ray box set when they came out with the new movie, so I was able to just get kind of all of them in one swoop. Nice. Um, my number ten. It's a bit of a goofy film. A lot of people consider it kind of a, you know, super corny, uh, '80s, like almost misfire in some circles. But I consider it a weirdo classic that could only exist in 1980. Flash Gordon. Flash. Uh, savior of the universe. Yeah. From a Queen soundtrack to Max von Sydow's incredibly weirdly racist villain, Emperor Ming, to Timothy Dalton, to the Brian Blessed as the Hawkman leader. like, And of course, you know, Sam Jones as Flash Gordon, football player turned savior of the universe. It's a ridiculous movie. But I'll be goddamned if it's not fun. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, but it's it's so perfect. It's over the top, and it's just enjoyable. It's got those great moments where, like you know, the Hawkman army shows up and you know dive and all that, and they start going after Ming's men. It's so crazy, and I dare you to watch it and not smile. It, it's one of those movies you can't help it. It's oh, it's completely cheap. It's it looks terrible. It's clearly like a Star Wars knockoff with a football player, but who cares? We're having fun. And that's what these movies are all about. So that's where I'm starting off with Flash Gordon. Nice. You know what's funny? I, I keep, I've been hearing something on and off, like rumors of it getting remade. And what I hate is that, like, they forget, like, the reason this phone works for was that it was literally like a Star Wars ripoff and they didn't give a shit. Like, they gave no fucks. They were just like, let's do this. And cocaine ruled throughout the rest of that. Um, I love so how I, Ted, like, brought it back. Yes. And they even got Sam Jones to be in, I think, Ted, I think he popped up in Ted 2. It was, yeah, it was the first one, and then he he was also in part two in a brief cameo. Uh, yeah. It's great. Yeah, um, I was like, ah. Yeah. Uh, they remade it as a series on Sci-Fi Channel in the early 2000s that did not last even a full season. And then I know there's a porno version of it called Flesh Gordon, which is like a softcore yeah. version. I know about that. I may have seen that version. But they've yet to really seriously do it again and i don't think they should it's it's one of those you know lightning in a bottle kind of movies that is just stupid enough to be good <laughs> yeah well i think it's like what makes a lot of the films like that works that they were actually trying really hard on these movies they just the the execution comes off much differently when, you, when we watch it and it's almost like its own special thing that like if they were trying to remake this they would try too hard to replicate something that to me was caused by accident yep exactly so don't touch it Leave it. Uh, yeah. What's your number nine? My number nine is a film I picked up recently on 4K, actually. Very happy to pick up it from Arrow. Um, the one, the only, RoboCop. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was gunning for Verhoeven on my list. I was like, shit, Sasha Troopers came out in the 90s. I think Total Recall literally came out right at like 90, 91, something like that. 90, yep. Yeah, so I was like, fuck. And then I was like, oh, Robocop was the 80s. So I want Robocop. I fucking love Robocop. Um, it's just a, like, I I just love Verhoeven as a director when he really hits, not when he's like Shogor. Shogor's fucking directing, but when he hits, oh my God, the, the social commentary in this movie, the violence scene, for me, right, as someone who actually kept, caught reruns of that 70s show. So for me, Kurtwood Smith was red my whole fucking life. And then watching this going, hey, it's red. And he is vile in this fucking movie. He is a bad dude. Um, 
this movie rocks. Uh, the remake missed every single point about it. <laughs> an attempt to just make an generic Hollywood movie. So, yeah, RoboCop. Great fucking movie. Hell yeah. I'd buy that for a dollar. Uh, I will have some... I will have something to say about RoboCop uh, further down the road. Uh, my number nine is a film I'm pretty sure is going to show up on yours. Uh, we alluded to James Cameron earlier, and uh, this was the film that started it all. 1984's The Terminator. Yeah, mine's much higher, though. So, yeah, uh, I'm much more a fan of Terminator 2 personally, but I do enjoy the first Terminator. It's a solid action flick way like pushed pretty much into horror by the end of this thing. And, uh, you know, just watching Arnold shoot his way through LA is fucking awesome. And then you've got, of course, Michael Bean is Kyle Reese, Linda Hamilton is Sarah Connor and their dynamics. Great. Uh, and the ending when it, you know, you think it's dead and then it comes out without the skin and it's a fucking Stan Winston monster or puppet monster. Now, Oh, it's it's still creepy. Um, yeah, the first Terminator is a classic and was and definitely deserves a place on this list. It's such a fun movie. Oh yeah, uh, I'll still have my thoughts, but I will say this: it's been getting reclaimed apparently in more recent years as an action sci-fi horror film. I've been seeing a lot of people start being like, "No, it's it's a fucking horror movie as well." Yeah, um, because like if you. Like, seriously, like, don't, I know there's probably going to be a lot of angry people here, but just look at the structure of this film. Tell me it's not a fucking slasher structure. It pretty much is. I mean, you know, the Terminator, like Michael Myers, you know, is remorseless, won't stop, is hunting, is killing anyone in their way. He's he's a slasher. And then at the, you know, the end is a full-blown bait and switch where, you know, the, the monster comes out again. It's not really dead. Ah! Like, it's it's a horror movie. I, I will definitely go to bed for that. Yeah, so... No, you, you're it's been getting kind of reclaimed as like those three things um, action, sci fi, horror, big time. So, and Good. it's the movie that started Arnold Schwarzenegger's film career for the most part. I mean, yeah, he did a couple shitty movies, but this was the Terminator. <laughs> this was Conan. he did Conan that oh. got him put out there, and Conan, yes, won't won't dispute, dispute that. But Terminator did had way more success on the, on yeah, well, I'm saying like Conan put him out there, like we were like, oh, okay, the bodybuilder guy. Can actually like okay okay i'm down and then yeah you're right terminator really like blew it up for him he became like an action icon when i Long mentioned the shitty movies movie. i forgot about conan i was talking more about hercules in new york <laughs> but that was like his first film I saw clips of that good god you'd never think this guy would go anywhere well luckily no one really saw that movie so thankfully but yeah terminator's a badass movie uh conan the barbarian's cool uh been a long time since i watched it uh so didn't make my list, but I, we should do that on the show. Re, do Conan. It'd be, it'd be fun to revisit that proper. It would, especially because King Conan is apparently just never happening. You know, yeah. he keeps talking about it. I, I know. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, <laughs> but you know, maybe that means it'll, it'll happen like next week. <laughs> I'll laugh. Like somehow this just does really keep happening. If anything, if this does keep happening, like, dude, you're in the wrong business. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to start playing the fucking stock market if I get like 10 in a row. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, my number eight is the first of the two directors that are repeats on here. I got two different movies from. Um, this is 
a team-up film between, to me, one of the greatest director-actor team-ups in all of cinema history. Um, because of it, we got three great films. Uh, so for my first one that I put at number eight would be Big Trouble in Little China. This is such a fun fucking movie. Um, this was the second film I watched collaboration. First one obviously being the thing, then I watched this, and then I actually got to Escape from New York uh, dead last. But nonetheless, um, this was this one um, I watched on a whim because my dad was really into it and like was like, oh, you'll like it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I was really into Kurt Russell all the time, so I watched it and I filmed with like this film. This is a film that just like says, we're going to just do all this shit in the kitchen sink and see if it works, and it does. Like It's a comedy. It is a martial arts film. It's a fantasy. It's an action movie. It's a trucker end up in Chinatown that's having to help with this thing right off his control, right? It's like all this shit, and it works wonderfully. Kurt Russell is so magnetic in this damn movie. He's so goddamn entertaining. The cast around him is just as entertaining. It, yeah, this this film is wonderful. It it just doesn't stop. It just keeps going more and more and more out there until the very end, and the credits start rolling. I yeah, love big. Tro- they keep talking about remaking it. No, I love you, Rock. I love Dwayne Johnson, but no, you're not Jack Byrne. You will not be in my big trouble in little China. All aboard the Pork Chop Express. I uh, I do love this film too. Didn't make my list. Big Trouble. I do love it. Uh, I see it. I, I guess I just I think of it more as a comedy, so it, it just didn't register for me. But I agree that it is an action movie and deserves a place here. But just personally, I just I, I didn't think about it. Wow. I do like seeing when he when they have him put the glasses and stuff on to go to the whorehouse to get information. God, that that part always cracks me up. He's so clearly like wanting to actually like pay for one of these these women. He's like, no, can't do that. I love randomly when the guy in the big hat just fucking explodes <laughs> at the end of the movie. And he's just like, ah, they do that weird close up where he's just like, like a cartoon character. It's, it's crazy. That's a, that's a fun, fun movie. Um, my number eight, considerably darker, a lot more serious. Uh, John Woo's The Killer from 1989. It's uh Chai and Fat as an assassin who is betrayed by his employers teams up with a cop to take down the triads who fucked him over. And it's just nonstop crime action, thriller, crazy shit. It ends with a giant shootout in a church. There's white doves everywhere, of course. Chai and Fat's got his two pistols that he never reloads. It's, it's awesome. And such a, a badass movie. Um, definitely one I'd like to to revisit. Uh, it's been a few years, but it's stuck with me. It's such a cool movie. So much fun. One that I think you would absolutely love. I would. I love my foreign action films. When, um, anything that's funny, like especially because I know he did a lot of face-off when like guys shoot guns in John Reed films and they feel the need to like do karate flips in the air as they're shooting. Randomly, not even like epically to shoot someone. They're just shoot they'll stop they'll do a weird flip all of a sudden and then they'll start shooting i'm like why are you doing that it cracks me up yeah everybody in a john woo film also is a martial arts expert regardless of where they're from or how old they are it's just how it works everyone in a martial arts film is a martial arts expert regardless of like any of their background information 
I love there's always like one guy who's like, if he punches too hard, he will kill. And they're always like trying to, you know, I can't, I can't go all out or you'll die. And then at the end they're like, but I must. <laughs> it's, there's a formula and we love it. <laughs> it works every time. Oh boy. All right. Okay, on that note, my seven is going again with the John Carpenter, Kurt Russell duo, and this time it is Escape from New York. Um, has Kurt Russell played anyone more badass in his life than Snake Plissken? I'd argue there's few movie characters in existence more badass than Snake Plissken. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I mean, from the fucking opening with the eye patch and the what's your name? I'm Snake. Like the I'm way Snake. he just, yeah, the way he just talks to people, it's like too cool from school, but like it works so well. It doesn't come off like corny or anything. You're like, you mean you're like, God, that guy's cool. I want to be friends with him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, like, like I said, you know, why I like their their team up so much carpenter and russell the ward they build with this this idea of like new york city was literally being used as a way to contain criminals as an experiment and it failed and so but they just so they just left it and the president gets stuck in there and they have to go get the president played by donald pleasance i believe if i recall correctly who ends up being an obnoxious prick which is like the best thing ever especially if you're like this wasn't exactly carpenter's first team over Pleasance, they had established their thing with Halloween. I, I can't, t- I cannot tell you off the top of my head if they did Prince of Darkness already or if that was after this. That was after Escape from New York. Okay, but they had done Halloween, right? They had worked together. And to have this guy who, at the time, ignoring the sequels of Halloween, played a doctor trying to do the right thing, but now playing this complete prick of a human being was wonderful. Um, Obviously, you got Adrian Barbu popping up, and she's always great to see. Um, you know, like this movie, and the way it just sets up with he's, you know, Snake gets in there now, Snake's stuck, and he has to fight his way out of here. Seeing the rival factions and the gangs, like, this is a really fucking cool movie. I cannot wait to get the, the 4K everywhere from Scream. I cannot wait to get it and watch this thing in like pristine 4K. Um, I know, again, like apparently all these collaborations they did together, they're trying to remake this shit. Um, I know they had recently, I think, tried to court his real-life son, Riot Russell. You quickly told them, I'm not going to copy my dad's work. I'm not doing that. Which, hey, respect. Fuck yeah. I love this movie, and I will talk about it later. I figure this, I know how much you love this. I figure it's going to be pretty high. It, yeah. Um, my number seven is the only Bond film to make the cut on my top 10, 1989's License to Kill. Uh, Timothy Dalton, I always feel, got a bum rap when it comes to playing James Bond. He only got two opportunities, and then they rebooted it because his Bond was too dark for 80s audiences. And that's just not fair. Just to get dark again in the 2000s. Yeah, just he was ahead of his time. But his two films are some of my favorites, and License to Kill is one of the darkest Bond adventures we ever got. This movie sees Bond's friend Felix Leiter and his wife get brutally attacked by a Colombian drug lord. Bond goes rogue, abandons MI6 to avenge his friend's death, uh, his friend's wife's death and Felix's leg, 
and takes down Fran Sanchez, played by Robert Davi. And it's so badass. And I know. <laughs> I know. Thanks to Showgirls, all I can think of is, you know, I'm going to get that blowjob. Anyway. Yeah. He, I can't remember. I can't remember. Did he ask for a blowjob at any point in License to Kill? It's a PG-13 movie, so no. Did he hint about it? He's surrounded. He's a Colombian drug lord who has like basically a sex slave on his boat that Bond frees. So it's a safe bet at some point. Yes. Okay. So he got blowjobs, but then Bond freed him and there went his freed her. Sorry. Freed her. Um, sorry. It's the eighties. Freed her. So he didn't get his blowjobs. Now, nah, but Bond probably picked up the slack there. Uh, but Our yeah. Ball just in. I still expect a blowjob. Bond's like, ah, okay. I would love if he randomly popped in like every fourth or fifth movie that came out. Robert Davy just pops up like, still looking for that blowjob. (laughs) But just for us. Uh, But anyway, yeah, License to Kill goes goes hard, goes dark. It's got a great story, great villain, great uh, action sequences like the, the, the chase scene with the gas trucks and the missiles always blows my fucking mind. Uh, and I just, it's a shame that that was all like, that was Dalton's the end of his tenure as bond. Cause I really wish he'd gotten to go further. He was, he's one of my favorite bonds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked him as bond. Um, there's no bond on my list. Unfortunately, there's none that made the cut for my eighties run. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're, I really liked the two films he did. I, it sucks that he just too ahead of his time essentially. Cause they, like I said, they went the dark, Dark route, and literally in a lot of cases, the same storyline or same story beats in the fucking Daniel Craig ones that were huge successes. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, Robert Davi was a really good villain. Like, all joking aside, he was really, I remember him being like really good and creepy in this movie. Yeah. Also, you know, it's Benicio Del Toro's first yeah, film role. He plays Dario, and he's creepy. He was, he was vicious as fuck in that movie. And yeah, yeah I mean, this was. God, this was not I, getting close to 20 at this point, Bond film. And the fact that they said, hey, how should we keep things fresh? Oh, we'll just kill um, Felix. Real shock to the system. <laughs> well, they, well, Felix didn't die. He just got mauled by a shark. They killed his wife, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, they killed his wife. So it was like they really up the stake there considerably. And yeah, um, but yeah. Solid choice. I do like the two um, Dalton Bonds quite a bit. Living Daylights is fun, but License to Kill I like because it went outside the box, gave us something new. You know, at the time seeing Bond like basically resign his commission to avenge his friend and just do things his own way. We'd never seen that before. So that was, I appreciated them trying something new. Yeah. We saw Angry Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Yes. Um, Mine, sorry, I thought I heard you do the sign of the pause. Nope. <laughs> that was a moment. Uh, my number six, going back to a certain problematic actor I mentioned earlier, but now in his team up buddy movie, um, Lethal Weapon, the first one I will play with. You know, I actually think all four movies are good. Um, I actually, those, I think they're all the same quality. I was playing with the first one. Um, just because it was the one that set it all up, it gave us what we know the franchise to be. Um, and yeah, it, it turned out that, like, having at the time, you know, a young at the time Mel Gibson partnered with a 
Uh, I know Danny Glover was a match made in heaven. Um, they are wonderful uh, together with uh, Gibson being the more hot-headed, like off-the-rails crazy guy. And <laughs> Glover already being sued for this shit in the first movie. <laughs> I love that he was considered old in the 80s and here he is still doing shit. Still doing shit. What talks of there being a lethal weapon five still fucking happening. So I wonder how too old for this shit he still is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can't wait to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is just a really a really solid movie written. I think I actually believe with a writing credit from Shane Black before he uh hit it big. I believe I might be wrong. There's someone that like hit really big that was attached to this film at one point. Um, written by Shane Black. Good call. Yeah, I was about to say. So I was about to say. I want to say Shane Black. Um, yeah. So early, early Shane Black, right before he really became like I would say like somewhat the powerhouse he is today. I say somewhat because I feel like he's he's flirted a lot of times with like mainstream stuff, but ultimately has had better success doing his own thing. For example, the Predator versus the Nice Guys. Um, so yeah, uh, to me, this is the template of buddy cop action comics. Like this is the film you look at when you're making your buddy cop action film, because it just it just set the tone, it set the template. So this is how you do it, and yeah, it's it's a fun movie and funny. It's action packed and funny as hell. I agree. Uh, it's been a long time since I watched the Lethal Weapon films, um, so. Didn't make my list simply because I just I want to re- I want to watch them again, you know, get some get get them fresh in my head. Uh, but I remember really enjoying them. And now I always immediately think of it's always sunny every time I think of Lethal Weapon. Now, so <laughs> I always think about how like they really pulled that pulled their um, Lethal Weapon episodes because the the blackface. Yeah, and they immediately responded in the new season by saying the gang makes Lethal Weapon six or whatever. Because you know they did that on purpose to like have them go, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> like, as soon as it did, and then actually had a, a really funny thing. I loved how Matt kept trying to be like Danny Glover. Like, no, no, we can't do that. That episode had one of my favorite moments of the entire show where Mac says, like, you know, well, I think all racism is bad, and then pauses, and they're like, what are you waiting for? He's like, well, I'm waiting for my applause. <laughs> and they're like, well, we're not going to applaud you. And he's like, well, why am I doing it? <laughs> oh man that just the meta nature of that episode is so fucking smart it really was you told them making fun of like all the stuff now them making fun of the fact that their shit got pulled so they were like all right then here's the title for the next one pull it <laughs> <laughs> or watch it and see why you can't pull it <laughs> Yeah, I knew Lethal Weapon was going to be on your list, so I figured it was a safe bet. If I left it out, we'd still get to talk about it. Yeah, like I said, it was actually a real toss-up between like which one I wanted to pick. So I was like, do I do the first one, or do I do two? Like that was what I was, I was like, one or two, one or two. It's like so, so. What you're saying is you had two, and then you looked at it and said, "It's just been revoked," and then you pulled it out. God damn you. Diplomatic immunity. All right. Who does have, I think it was, yeah, it was two that introduced Joe Pesci's character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was fucking, he was a great addition, but yeah, it, it was a tough choice. It was a real tough choice there. So like I said, to me, this is a pretty consistent 
so far consistently like good franchise. Cool. My number six is uh, some overlap. RoboCop. Who doesn't love RoboCop? The first RoboCop is 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 perfect. Um, you know, Peter Weller does a great job as Murphy and as RoboCop. Just you know, the transition, dude. His death scene is one of the most brutal fucking scenes I've ever like watched. It's just such torture. And yeah, you're right. Uh, Kurtwood Smith is vile in this. Uh, Clarence Boddicker, what a piece of shit. I'm telling you, as someone who was like watched a lot, a lot of that 70s show, I was watching, I was like, oh, hey, Red, is he going to show someone's foot up his ass? and Or his foot up someone's ass? And then I watched, I was like, oh. <laughs> is he going to shove someone's foot up his ass? <laughs> I just thought about what I said. I was like, wait, that doesn't work. That's a weird, that's a weird kink. <laughs> what if you said that so on the show? I'm going to shove your foot up my ass. I'd stay away from that guy. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I will say, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the famous tagline again in that 90s show. Like, I cannot wait to hear him say it. Because, you know, for the laugh track, they're going to make it the longest fucking, like, clap laugh possible. Yeah. And I, I embrace that moment. Boddicker in, in RoboCop is one of my favorite random lines. It's so weird. Uh, he, he's got a gun on somebody and he walks into a room full of women and he just randomly goes, bitches, leave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just leave. The way he delivers that, too. He doesn't even look, bitches, leave, and they just all leave. Oh, yeah. Robocop's a fucking classic. I love the music. Uh, I love the weird, you know, Jesus allegory they got going on here. I love when he shoots that guy in the dick. There's so many great it moments in Robocop. Doesn't hold back. And the best part is, like, look, if you, by the way, if you watch the true version of Robocop, if you can find it to stream, do it unrated. If not, I know my 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 arrow fact my arrow one comes mm-hmm. with the unrated cut, so it comes with all like the gore mm. cut out. So I I appreciate sure more uh, more gruesome dick shot, which I'm totally all about more gruesome mangled dicks in my movie. I've got just the like a steelbook standard Blu-ray. Does that come with? Is it from, is it from Arrow? No, or... regular. It might. I don't know. I'll have to check when I get back to my place. I'll have to check that. Check if not, yeah, I'm gonna I... buy that Arrow version. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, see, Arrow has this one director's cut, and then this two is theatrical cut. You know what's funny about Robocop is that, like, if you know nothing about the movie and you just see the title, you think, that sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> right, it sounds like a cheesy, like, B-movie. I think you can say that about a lot of, like, for Hoban's, like, biggest, biggest hits, like, Robocop, Starship Troopers, Total Recall. You'd be like, these sound like cheesy fucking B movies. Like, fuck these movies. But then you watch and you're like, these are really good movies. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, to make a legitimate, like, political and social satire and a badass action flick out of the title Robocop. Like, all, what is it? Half man, half robot, all cop. Oh, God. If there was like a typo, half man, half robot, all cock, and no one fixed it. That reminds me of uh, I love looking at bootleg uh, versions of movies that are sold overseas and like the lost in translation shit that happens. And it was the Scorpion King had been spliced somehow with the movie The Rock. 
and it was the title of it. It was a picture of Sean Connery and Dwayne Johnson. And the title was Sean Connery versus the cock. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but I would watch the hell out of that movie. Oh my gosh. I would too. Pretty sure it's a porno, but. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Robocop kicks ass. I haven't watched it in a long time, but every time I do watch it, I'm just smiling the entire time. Oh yeah. Great movie. Um, don't know why the sequels. I don't know why the had the sequels get neutered down to PG thirteen. That was so strange to me. And the sequel, I've never seen two and three because I know I'm gonna hate them. Yeah, I remember the remake did the same thing, so I was like, all right, you guys clearly missed the point of this original movie. And fun fact: RoboCop is actually in the Criterion Collection. So, well done them. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stick with the arrow just because I know they have the director's cut. Well, now that I know that, I'm too. I am going to get that. Yeah, uh, they have it in what I have, and they have a still book as well. So, well, I have a still book now, so I feel like to make okay. it, yeah, make an even trade. I'll get the still book. Yeah, so that's what I know. Uh huh. Number five, top five. Uh, number five is um the film. I'm sure you're waiting on me to get on here because you know how much I love this franchise. I had you marathon all of them with me. Unless you lied to me, you like them too. Unless it's one of the many fucking films you've lied to me about. One time. Oh my God. Pitch black. Get over it. I get over it. Never trust again. Um, But number five, the film, the other franchise Stallone is known for that isn't Rocky. First Blood. That's right. I know you're probably thinking you probably had a sequel. You're right. Sequel is technically the more so action film, but I just love First Blood the most. This is a film that it has some kick-ass action, and it's a really good trauma, a really good take on America's treatment of Vietnam vets and how they were treated when they came home to a war that they were told to fight, but they may not have wanted to. A lot of people forget that. A lot of people forget that shit. Um, and this was a I like you know Stallone. I know we make the jokes about how he talks, and you know we always make the jokes. But for the most part, and all being serious, the guy is a damn good actor when he tries. He really is. Like, and this this is I think why I like this film so much because it shows his physical capabilities, like why he is such an iconic action star. But also shows, you know how good he is dramatically like he has the scene when he's like hunting them down one by one in the woods and he holds the knife to the dude's throat and he goes i can kill you i can take all of you leave me alone just leave me alone and it's like i'm tense i'm like oh shit because he literally watched him just booby trap all his fucking men and then he has him and he's like you're you just starts a war you won't believe um let it go let it go <laughs> like it's it's fucking haunting um Colonel Trotman his his guy is to me one of the most iconic characters of this decade of action like the guy was a consistent you know figure in all the films unfortunately we only get his voice in the 2008 film because the actor passed away but they honored him by having his voice in in the film during a a dream sequence which if if this was 2000s that movie would be on my list 2008's Rambo is a fucking masterpiece of an action film We'll get there. Um, this this ain't the first decade, the only decade we're gonna be doing this for. Oh, oh yeah. Um, 
And but then, like I said, so you have like the scene like that where it's like really it's it gets you into that mindset of him. But then on the more traumatic side, you know, we have the very famous ending that they luckily was actually their second choice. Originally, John Rambo was going to die and there would not have been sequels. Yeah. But instead, they went with this ending and we got the really powerful moment from, you know, Stallone with the nothing's over. Nothing. And he, he goes on that just epic fucking speech about, you know, the kid that had the, the shoe bomb and he's holding his friends and it's like how he got treated, you know, the, I come home and they spit on me. They call me baby kill. Like he just goes off and it's just a fucking beautiful, well done scene after an intense, like really cool, like town siege moment, which I love how he just takes over the fucking town. So easy. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about first blood. It's a wonderful film. I fucking love this film i look forward to watching it anytime i just put it on for fun i i really like first blood yeah nice i knew it was going to be on your list uh didn't make mine but i do i do love it uh it's a great movie uh i just have a much more personal connection to the to my top five i know i'm just saying i know unless you like me i do remember you enjoying this I liked them. Oh my god! I didn't like Rambo three, but neither did you. Yeah, Rambo three is kind of like the black sheep. Well, it was the only black sheep, and then Last Blood came out. Yeah, I didn't watch that one either. It's I don't know. <laughs> it's like it took like all the super cool like ultra violence of uh, 2008's Rambo, except it said fuck it to the story, and we're mm-hmm. like, yeah, you guys like the violence. I was like, yeah, but I also like the story until actually like, yeah, it's a simple story, it was a basic story, but it worked. It got me invested amidst all the fucking carnage candy. I was getting like the whole 50 calcium at the end. Holy shit. Um, but when you just give me that and no story to fucking connect to, then I'm just watching Rambo kill people with no substance to it. Yeah, doesn't sound doesn't sound particularly good. Uh, that was your five? Yes, five. First blood. Right. Stallone. I would I I'm gonna say it. My favorite Stallone. I know that's probably sacrilegious because a lot of people love Rocky. I'm a Rambo guy. I like Rocky. Don't get me wrong. Like, I really enjoy the Rocky series, but I fucking love Rambo. Yeah, I'm definitely more of a Rocky guy. Uh, anyway, my number five is more overlap. Escape from New York. I'm surprised five. I thought it would be even higher than five. My top four are pretty set in stone. Uh, but Escape from New York is an amazing movie. Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. No one will ever wear that eye patch as good as he does. Uh, I love that in Escape from L.A., he just had the costume in his closet and he tried it on when he found out Carpenter wanted to do a, se- a sequel and it fit. Like <laughs> tw- tw- what, 10, I think 15 years between movies and he was fine. But uh, dude, Isaac Hayes as the fucking Duke of New York. Like, holy shit, is he badass. Um, I just love this idea that, like, they've dumped all of the country's worst criminals in New York and just let them do their thing. And they've turned it into this, like, weird apocalyptic pocket of the country where, you know, the Duke makes the rules and everyone pays tribute. And if you, you know, don't, they're going to kill you. And... I love that they poison Snake and tell him you've got 24 hours or you're going to die. <laughs> just 
it's the clock is ticking so much. It's one of the tensest fucking movies I've ever seen. No matter how many times you watch it, you're still like, is he gonna fucking make it? Oh it's, yeah. Oh Jesus. I love, you know, random Ernest Borgnine character. I love everybody's like, I thought you were dead. <laughs> well, I just love how Carpenter brings in so many of his guys. Like he's just like, Yeah, hey, you wanna it's like yeah. literally everyone he's worked with before, just like, Yeah, hey, you wanna do this movie? And they're like, Yeah. The voice of the intercom when Snake's being led through the the prison is Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, sure. I never knew that. Yeah. There's another one of his people. Uh, she also came back for Escape from L.A. to do the opening narration. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie's brilliant. Uh, ahead of its time. Super simple story, but perfect. Written by Nick Castle, our first Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just... Uh, an, absolute gem one of my favorite episodes we've ever done on the podcast too my uncle guest hosted that one and uh just talked about how much he loves carpenter and that was so much fun um yes escape from new york was one of the first ones i wrote down i adore this film and i love watching it i love the music it's just pure carpenter you know there's carpenter's action there's carpenter's horror but like i think this is probably this this is the tent pole of his action stuff and then I don't know, it's a toss-up between Halloween and The Thing for me when it comes to horror. I don't know. It depends on the day. Yeah, his horror, a lot, a lot of his horror hits really well. Yeah. Um, but this was actually, because you have this and you have a song, Precinct 13, that's for his <laughs> first film. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, you can thank that movie for Halloween and everything that came after, because people saw that and were like, oh, this guy's got talent. <laughs> yeah. This guy has something to say. Holy shit. Yeah, you know, and I want to, before we go further with this, um, I want to point out what I've noticed because we brought it up a couple times, like super simple story. That's what I love so much about, like, to me, a good action film does either one or two things. It's like, like, sort of like with Big Trouble, it just goes for it and it doesn't stop until the end. You have that side of the action, or you have, like, in a lot of cases, like um, Escape from New York, um, The Road Warrior, like a very simple story. You, the John Wick films, for a very modern example. Right, a very simple storyline, but just enough to keep you invested um, into what proceeds to follow. Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly it. I mean, it's I think a good, you know, well structured story that doesn't take you know too much to get invested in and doesn't confuse people. It's just you know, for Escape from New York, it's just president is in enemy territory. They hire a criminal with special forces skills to go in and get him out. He's got twenty four hours. There you go. That's all you need for Escape from New York. But everything that happens in between is gravy. Uh, yeah, it's perfect. Um, the action structure is one of my favorite structures, specifically because it's designed purely for entertainment. Anything else that you do is, you know, a bonus. You know, if you want to add in social commentary or something or throw in some horror or some fantasy or some sci-fi, that's fine. But the horror, I mean, the action structure is purely just so you can sit down and enjoy something. And I, I like yeah. that a lot. And for you to turn your brain off and just enjoy, just yeah. escape reality. Enjoy this. Yeah, exactly. Especially nowadays, escape reality. Holy shit! Oh. <laughs> Speaking of simple stories, my number four, and some I know. All right. Much like Connor here, my top five are pretty set in stone. I have my reasons for it. The next three after my four rank higher than this. I say this because there's going to be a lot of pissed off people probably that honor their action films. I say that because my number four is the original Die Hard. Ooh, all right. No, I say that because for a lot, 
Yep, because I know for a lot of people, like, if it's if Die Hard's not number one, what the fuck is wrong with you? I got my reasons for the three above it. Um, but with that said, like, number four, guys, my top ten, like, come on. That's pretty damn good. Um, yeah, what can I not – what can I say about Die Hard that hasn't been said? Like, the script is smart. The amount of, like, call, like things like how, you know, little moments, like, talking about what he does when he's, like, not to get de-stressed after the plane about rubbing his feet in the carpet – McLean does it and he's barefoot throughout the movie. Like this constant, like a really strong, smart script. Um, the introduction of the late Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber, the best villain in the franchise, in my opinion. They have gotten close a couple of times, but he will always be the best. Um, they have. I thought his uh, Jim Aaron's was really good in three. And I actually like Timothy Oliphant in four. They're good. They're no Hans Gruber. No, no, no. Yeah, they got close, but they're not Hans Gruber. Not even close. Like, not even the same ballpark to me. Okay, gatekeeper. That's fine. Be a gatekeeper. I'll gatekeep this that shit. Guy. Hans Gruber is the the best villain in Die Hard by a, so, by a mile. But no, no one comes close. No, Yeah, the three and four villains come close. All right, now, moving on. Stop being such a, a, a tool bag. My God. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, but yeah, Hans, yeah, Hans Gruber, probably one of Action's greatest fucking villains. Um, mostly, I say in credit to fucking Alan Rickman. Like, that guy just fucking delivers in the movie. Um, Bruce, you know, Bruce Willis, wowing, I would say wowing everyone at the time. This was not the guy we thought was going to, audience didn't think this was the guy was going to be like the next action icon. At the time, he certainly didn't look like your Stallone, he didn't look like your Schwarzeneggers of action cinema. He looked like your everyman, but that's exactly what made him work so well. So that he looked like your everyman. It was a lot more because we could identify with him more, and it just it just works in the film in the film's favor. Um, again, just a ba- a really basic, brilliant concept that they really used to the max throughout the movie. Amazing action scenes. We get the most iconic line out of it: "The yippee kaye motherfucker," um, that they've used for every single film quality of how they use it varying with each subsequent sequel um i still think my least favorite uses of it was in the actually the last film because it just felt like they had to say it and there, there was no part in that one um, but yeah ipikaye mother russia that was the tagline for a good day to die hard and i'll never forgive them for that yeah. uh yeah, I'll have more to say on Die Hard in a few minutes here. All right, I figured yours is probably I'm, I'm like two or one. I know it's up there. Um, yeah, Die Hard, my number four, fucking excellent, excellent, one of the best action films of all time. Nice. My number four is Caddyshack. Now, hear me out. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of action in this movie. No, my number four. Is, Don't worry, trying to blow up that fucking groundhog. Yeah. It's a gopher. Thank you. Gopher, whatever. I haven't seen Caddyshack forever. He tries to kill a groundhog in a different movie. It's true. <laughs> um, my number four is maybe the greatest action horror film of all time in 1986's Aliens. Uh, what more can be said? After Alien, everyone was like, well, that was pretty goddamn good. How can you top that? And then James Cameron showed up back when he still gave a fuck and said, hold my beer. 
and gave us this absolute masterpiece. Aliens is such a fun movie. Oh my God, is this a great watch. If you haven't seen Aliens, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Um, it's, you know, Ripley got away. And then Paul Reiser's like, hey, we need you to go back because you still technically work for us. <laughs> and she's like, fuck you. And is like, well, maybe I should help these people. And <laughs> they end up back at the alien planet where all the colonists are gone. Weird. And turns out Ripley and the Marines have to chase down an entire horde of these fucking monsters. And it's so good. It's so good. Like, I honestly, I, I don't know what I can really add to the conversation when it comes to aliens. It's just such a flawless, fun, epic, awesome, badass movie. And the, to me, the pinnacle of the franchise. I love Alien, but Aliens is special. And just slightly edges it out for me. But, uh, yeah, I, I do love this movie. I love that Sigourney Weaver managed to score an, an uh, Oscar nomination for Best Actress for this. <laughs> I forget about that every time. I know, it's, it's great. Um, yeah, Aliens is awesome, and that's all I got to say about that. I will have one coming up here soon on Aliens. But before that, my number three of my another director that has now two films on this list but the first one i picked of his filmography was the terminator made my ah, three. There we um, go. yeah i told you it's, i i uh it's dude is a toss-up always every day for me when it comes to t1 and t2 um it's hard for me to really pick one because i like both a lot for different reasons i you know t2 with the special effects and just and when it comes to very definitely action sci-fi no horror whatsoever on that one well, there's still elements I would argue with um, Robert Patrick as uh, villain. Definitely some elements here and there, just not as heavy as in the first movie. True. Um, but this one, like the idea of like, just like the ward that like he introduced in this Cameron introduced me this idea of, like that to me, especially like seems so ahead of its time in the '80s, but has become kind of like almost scarily like a possibility. In more recent times, where our love for technology, this idea of like machines took over, said humans aren't worthy anymore, and it started to fucking kill us. And we've now been in this like decades long war, which just to me, such an insanely original, amazing ideal, much more original than anything's done with Avatar. Um, and having, you know, again, back when Michael Bean was reliable to work with, which it seems like he's kind of on the comeback, I've seen him pop up and stuff here and there. I was on the Mandalorian, I believe, and then I saw him in an episode of The Walking Dead. So, we might we might have something here. We might might have Michael Bean back with us. But you know, this was peak Michael Bean, and he is awesome as Kyle Reese. Linda Hamilton kicks ass before she kicked even more ass, I would argue, in T two, and actually even more in the newest one that you guys should have fucking watched because it was a good goddamn movie. We, Sorry, I, I agree with that. I'm really mad that Dark Fate didn't do like it because I really liked it. Um, but this, yeah, um, the Terminator, like I said, uh, it has, um, you know, thinking of aliens, right? It has a Bill Paxton in it. Look out for Mr. Good old Bill Paxton. He pops up in this movie as well, briefly. Um, Schwarzenegger, like I said, like we said, right? He established himself hardcore movies rise because he was already having his bodybuilding stuff that had gone down with Conan, but really like, said like really exploded onto the scene even more with this movie and kind of showed us like this is a guy to look out for this is a this is a dude here to stay 
Um, and, you know, I, you could argue that this is considered his most iconic role. Like, this is the one that people think of when it comes to Schwarzenegger as the Terminator, right? I mean, think about when he ran for governor. It was the governor, for Christ's sakes. Like, <laughs> people, he is tied to this franchise. He, he does do a good job here for what's required of him. I do think he does better in the sequel, but he does really good here. Um, being the most scary. And like you said, like, for anyone who really – I'll have the argument try to come at me and say, like, oh, it's not a horror film. This thing is filled with fucking horror elements left and right. It's like this unstoppable machine. Michael Bean even says it. He won't stop. He will keep coming until you're dead. Like Michael Bean fucking says it, which is exactly what every horror villain is like, right? They just keep on coming. You think he died? He comes and fucking comes after him. Oh, comes after her some more. It, yeah, there's so many iconic like action moments. It's in this. Like it's yeah, like the whole police shootout. The whole. I'll be back, right? We've all fucking quoted that. It comes from this movie with the with the cop scene and then just plows through the fucking front with his car. Yeah, it's... Lance Henriksen is in this movie. Yeah, it's... I fucking love Terminator. The Terminator is a great, fucking excellent, badass action horror sci-fi film. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I knew it was going to be on your list sooner or later. Uh, well done. Terminator. So much fun. Uh, I guess when it comes for me, I just I saw T2 first. That's that's kind of, that's probably what it is. I saw that one first. I was pretty lost, <laughs> but I, I thought that like this is pretty badass. I'm not really following. I don't know who these people are. There was clearly some shit that went down, but this is cool. I remember like like many films that I briefly saw seasons because my dad would watch a lot. I just would watch movies on TV all the time. Remember I walked in and watched this on TV on TNT or something. I came in on the scene where she's at the fence and the bomb goes off and it like fucking made me go, what the fuck? <laughs> As a kid, I'm like, huh? I, like, I walked away. I was, a little scared. I was like, what the fuck was that? And I remember when I finally watched it, after like getting really excited, I was like, hey, you want to watch the Terminator film? So he like got and borrowed it from a friend of his. And that was when I was starting to get introduced to Schwarzenegger. Not the first one of Schwarzenegger's watched. That movie's coming up. Don't worry, guys. Um, but I remember watching this and just being like, oh, now it makes sense. I really like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay. My three? Yes. Uh, my three is Die Hard. Damn, I thought this was going to be like zero one. Oh, no. My two and one have been the same since I was a kid. Uh, Die Hard's fun. I'll... I'll never understand people who just decide like this is not a Christmas movie. Like, who are you, Grinch? Shut the fuck up. It's a Christmas movie. We don't need it. Not every Christmas movie needs to be a Christmas story as much as I love a Christmas story. Yeah. It's not all Christmas films want to be that. It's okay. Die Hard is the Christmas movie. Fuck you. Actually, look, to quote Bruce Willis, it's a goddamn Bruce Willis movie. That's true. That is true. Uh, but yeah, you talked about how you know simple but effective the script is for here. It's just, you know. New York cop trapped in a building in LA full of terrorists. Boom. <laughs> yeah. It's insert crazy, insane, escalating stunt scenes from here. But I love the fact that he's barefoot, that he's just figuring it out as he goes along, that they're all like, who the fuck is taking out our guys? <laughs> I, it's great. I, I love the, the, uh, my favorite part is when he runs into Hans and Hans tries to fool him into thinking that he's just a random worker in the building. But McLean knows from the get go that, this guy's full of shit. 
and gives him a, an empty gun. It's like, oh, dude. The, Just the watching fucking, these two, like, you know, fucking battle of wits here. It's great. Oh, yeah. The fucking the slimy-ass lawyer dude that tries to strike a deal. Hans Booby. Booby. <laughs> Ellis, fuck that guy. God, I hate that guy. <laughs> I love when McLean meets Ellis, who had just snorted a line, and he's like, you missed a spot. <laughs> oh, my God. And, of course, we get more Robert Davy as, God, I think, yeah. but Special Agent Johnson and Special Agent Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, they have that running gag with those fucking special agents. Yeah. I love what they're like, you know, just like, we're back in Saigon. Like, they're so fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, so much fun. Uh, what was uh, the police chief? He was like, you know, I don't know who the fuck you are, but get off this line. He's like, I'm not the one who just got butt fucked on national television, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, man. There's so many incredible moments in Die Hard. It's, I love like, the, the relationship you had with the cop on the ground. From the, it, yeah, Powell. Yeah, Powell. There we go. Yeah. The guy who was on the show with fucking Oracle. Was that was Family Ties I'm thinking of? Family Matters. Family Matters. There you go, Family Matters. Woo! Yeah. Um, yeah, I love the relationship they had. And how he just full-heartedly believes him once he got shot up. How his car <laughs> got shot up at the place. Yeah, I love that. The body falls and he's just like, <coughs> Jesus Christ, I need backup down here now. <laughs> oh, yeah. That movie's a masterpiece. And one of my favorite... I... I I watched that every Christmas. I, I did a movie party at Draft House with it where we all got cap guns and got to do like, you know, shoot when the movie was shooting. It's, it's, it's a, it's a party movie. It's just an enjoyable ride. And, you know, to me, like Christmas isn't complete without watching Die Hard. Yeah. Well, look, you never have to justify Christmas film to me. Cause I'm a psych, I'm apparently a psychopath that for as much as I like watching, like, you know, I do enjoy watching like the Christmas anime specials that came out, like Jack Frost and all that stuff. I do enjoy watching those. The Overdale Santa Claus, whatnot. Most I watch Christmas every year. I'm also like, hey, I need to watch, make sure I watch Black Christmas. I need to make sure I watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. I need to make sure I watch Die Hard. I'm like, I still watch the out there stuff that people are like, those aren't Christmas. I'm like, nope, they take place on Christmas. They just celebrate it differently. Okay. Fuck yeah. you. Any movie I want to watch at Christmas time is a Christmas movie. So fuck off. Get out of my life. <laughs> Why are you here? What am I like? I'll never understand people like that. Like, well, actually, like, why am I talking to you? You're you're sucking the joy out of my moment. Actually, it doesn't do anything about the uh, spirit and festivities of Christmas. Oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Guess what you just got for Christmas? Fuck all. Go away. Santa gives you. Santa's giving you shit. <laughs> Santa is watching Die Hard with me. <laughs> Santa is about to become his own Die Hard this year. Yeah. So Feet him off the wall. Christmas movies. Have you ever seen The Ref? No, I've heard of it though. I, I, I discovered that a couple Christmases ago and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. It's such an uh, oddball Christmas movie, but really, really funny. I, I recommend checking that out. Oh. Have to check it out. Yeah. There's my there's my three. That's that's my little bit on Die Hard. Nice. Sorry, I just killed a, a bug that flew in front of me while we were recording. Nice. So I was distracted. Oh, okay. My number two is the overlap film, the other Cameron film I have on my list. Aliens. Um, Aliens is your number two. Yes. Well, we might have the same number one. <laughs> we, we might be geeking out on number one, it sounds like. 
All right, well, let's, let's find out later. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> yeah, aliens. I mean, what more can be said right now that we aren't probably going to say for a, an episode down the line at some point? Um, that's no hint to the schedule. I saw the schedule right now, but I'm not saying it won't be. Um, yeah, Cameron really t- like what I love about this is that, and for me, I am a sucker in general for sequels that are like almost like completely different from the original film, but they're still the DNA. Um, great example of that is House of Thousand Corpses and then Devil's Rejects. Like Thousand Corpses is zany, just over top, almost music video heavily inspired, like fun house horror film. Devil's Rejects, gritty, realistic. It's an on the road movie, and I fucking love it. Three from Hill copied it, and it's one of the main reasons I kind of walked away a little disappointed. That's for another day. Um, same with this alien, right? One alien, it's haunted house in space. It's very much a horror film, it's slow, the suspense builds, and it just it just keeps going, going in that regard. Aliens was like, let's do more aliens, still keep the horror because there are actually some legit horror scenes in this film. There, say what you will. But also, dear God, is it up the action. And it still works. It still feels like such a great addition to the franchise. Um, with characters like Mr. Bill Paxton, right? Game over, man. It's game over. Like, I fucking love that part where he's just losing his shit. Because I would, too. I'm with them. Like, yeah, it's fucking game over. Like, you're surrounded by aliens. You're done. Um, but then, like, and even scenes, like, with the guy I'm talking about how, like, to make the horror argument right you have the scene where like in the water and that one alien you see the tail fucking come out of the water and you see the whole alien start to rise out of the water behind her it's it's fucking horrifying because this little girl does not see the damn alien but you see it you're like turn around turn around dude for me that the scariest scene in aliens is when ripley and newt are locked in the room with the face huggers when when oh, Burke tries to God. get them impregnated by the things, like yes, the face huggers always freaked me out way more than the alien, and just a, being trapped in a room with those things and it almost gets Ripley. It's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh yeah, it's fucking insane. And then what I love is that, and they did it with the first one too. There's an unread director, uh, extended special, special edition director Scott. Uh, if you're going to watch Aliens, I highly recommend you watch the director Scott. Um, this is a case where like more is actually better. You get more story. You find a little bit more about uh, Ripley's uh, daughter that they kind of, I think they briefly mentioned the theatrical and then just stops talking about it. They're just like, and yeah, and now we're moving on. Darkness Cut fleshes that out more. And then for those of you, nice little plug for the game. If you want to know more, play Alien Isolation. Tells you, gives you some nice little info on her daughter. That's, I think, considered canon. So, fun little thing. Um but uh, yeah, this is just like Cameron. Like I said, it's when Cameron actually gave a shit. This is the stuff I'm talking about with Terminator and this, when Cameron just knew how to only just push special effects to the fucking forefront, and that was it. He was able to do that. He was able to tell a gripping story, give us compelling characters. It's amazing to me that I can't name a single fucking Space Marine after outside of Stephen Lang, and not because his character's memorable, it's just because of Stephen fucking Lang. But here I can remember every single character. They are all stand out. They're all unique. They're all special. And I it's amazing how we've gone so he's gone so far down his own ass um in his career that he can't do that anymore. It's funny to me. 
but here it works. Like this crew is amazing. These cast characters are great. You love watching them. I love the idea of there was another Android, but this time it's a good Android and seeing that relationship with Ripley warming up and realizing, okay, Ash was a psychopath. This one's a good guy though. Like this is a good Android and seeing that relationship bloom was amazing. Obviously seeing the alien queen is badass. The whole get away from her. You bitch. Like, Oh it's, yeah. Aliens is a fucking ride that I never not enjoy being on. Oh, hell yeah, man. Just random shout. One of my favorite scenes is when Bishop does the five finger fillet on uh, Bill Paxton. And he's just like, oh, like freaking out as the knife gets faster. It's like, oh, that was that was cool. Yeah. The way they introduced Bishop is really smart. And Ripley's distrust. Like, you believe it. You've seen what she's went through with robots. And Bishop's like, you know, that was the older model. And yeah. I, I have the I have seen the director's cuts of Alien and Aliens and Alien Three, uh, and they're they're pretty good apart from Three, but uh, well, see, yeah. even the director's cut of Three can't save it because they they pretty much like the studio fucked that up so hard. I don't see how they could save that. Nah, that's a disappointment. I mean, at least with the resurrection, it's you kind of knew it was gonna suck. <laughs> three, Rip. we're hoping with you know David Fincher doing an Alien movie. Oh, this will be cool. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> When, like three, well, I mean, that was his debut was Alien Three, so that was not like we didn't know who he was at the time. Well, I mean, um, when I discovered it, I was like, I know David Fincher. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But then uh, Alien Three is just like I don't know. There's a lot wrong with that film. I can kind of like honestly, like I'll say, like I'll watch Resurrection over Three because yeah, it's bad, but it's like a more fun bad. Like I almost revel in how, like how like insanely like stupid and over top that film is. Dude, when the alien like when when the guy knows he's gonna pop and he like grabs one of the bad dude's heads and like puts it next to his stomach. So the alien comes out of his stomach and the dude's head. I mean, come on. How do you not just yeah. chuckle? Yeah. And knowing that Sigourney Weaver like ace the fucking shot in the, in the hoop and then Ron Perman almost fucked the scene up. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alien resurrections a decent, you know, it's it's fun if you can just accept like we're never gonna get anything better than aliens ever again. Yeah, but, we 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 got close to it. I feel like we would have had at least something up there when Blomkamp was like championing to do it and talking about what he wanted to do with it, and it sounded cool. And it was on like they this was like I remember he did this before legacy sequels were really big, like they are now, and it was essentially going to be a legacy sequel. Like ignore three and four picking up right where two left off and i was like okay bet michael bean was going to come back which again considering he's been popping up and stuff here and there sounds like this kind of he's been working on a comeback this probably would have been a good boost for him um since cameron apparently just fucking left him out to try i don't know what happened between them don't know what happened there i think michael bean just had a real problem with alcohol and became you know uninsurable i think that's pretty much what happened yeah um but yeah, I feel like we were getting close if Blomkamp had been allowed to do his vision of what he wanted to do to sound neat. But then Scott got greedy from the way it sounds and was adamant that he do his alien. And then we ended up with the very support Prometheus and Alien Covenant. I really wish that instead of Ridley Scott, you know, taking back the Alien franchise and doing his thing, I wish that James Cameron had done that instead. Maybe bet all his, you know bet his, his career on more alien movies and maybe tried to you know bring that 
franchise back to greatness. And I think he could have done it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, like I said, I really liked what he did, what he did with Terminator Dark Fate. So I would, I, I don't doubt he would have made another good alien film. Christians would have been like Dark Fate and people would have, you know, actually seen it. Um, I am, I will say because of what's kind of gone down with the franchise since aliens, um, I am actually, I am hopeful for the upcoming show. Yeah. Um, the fact that like Disney, because I was I was really scared at first when Disney bought it. I was like, oh, they're going to bury this fran- these two, this and another franchise in particular. We'll talk about here soon, because uh, you know neither one have had really hot successes at the box office. But then when it was announced, like, hey, you know we're not abandoning them. One's getting a Hulu movie. You know we're committing to at least that. See how that does. Which okay, cool. You know, it's safe bet with the streamer. You know, it could have a home there, and I'm fine with that. Um, and then with that one, they're like, hey, we're doing this. T- we've partnered with FX. We're doing a TV show of Alien. We got, I think, the guy who did fucking Legion or someone um, attached to do it. I know he did, like, a big franchise. It's, like, so a, a pretty solid name. Uh, I think it's. I think it was Noah Hawley who did Fargo. I think he's doing it. Okay, yeah. So I was going to say, I know it's a solid name attached to, like, show running. Um, yeah. So I have hope that, like, that gave me some hope of them being, like, okay, we're not banning it. We're going to give this another shot and really try to make sure we give you guys something because we know you guys have been very disappointed in the past couple of films on both of these franchises. So, yeah. So, hopefully, both of these, in this case, I'll just talk Alien. We'll talk about them in a minute. Um, but Alien has its comeback with this TV show. So, I'm very hopeful for this TV show. Yeah, me too. Um, all right. My number two. My number two and my number one are interchangeable depending on how I'm feeling. I do think number two is a much more solid film than number one, but two, but number one is a much stronger action representative of the eighties. My number two film is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sounds like we're about to keep going. Number one, then I think think we're in this, I think we're in the same boat on that. And that's fucking awesome. Uh, (laughs) Raiders. what, What more can be said? You know, to me, Harrison Ford's greatest role, Indiana Jones. Love Han Solo, but Indiana Jones is the man. And Raiders is such a badass action-adventure movie. Uh, and, you know, a little bit of horror at the end there, where the Nazis get theirs. So satisfying. They do. And then the sequel goes, to me, like, really more into horror territory. It has a permanent oh. throughout. Temple, Temple of Doom. Oh, Jesus Christ, that movie's... Hasn't aged well, you know, because of all the stereotypes, but I don't give a shit. I I don't either. You know, I don't either. I love Temple of Doom. Like, I'll say it. Like, for the most part, when I hear that all the time, it has an age because the jokes stereotypes. And as soon as I'm like, okay, and yes, there are some films I do agree with. Like, I know, um, obviously, it's incredibly difficult to watch Mickey Rooney play a fucking Asian man. Holy God, is that hard? Um, and obviously, there are some jokes in some of those Sean Hughes movies. Like, was it the one guy that talks about having his? Be the movie, but the one that gets quoted a lot with the guy that has his girlfriend passed out in his room, or whatever. I mean, he's like, you can go up there and have your way with her. She won't know. And it's like, ooh, that didn't that joke didn't fucking age well. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it was even in there to begin with. But with that said, for the most part, I'm like, eh, shut the fuck up. But your age didn't age well. I know, but it's. Like there's a lot of brown face in Temple of Doom and a lot of uh yeah, too, yeah. Whatever. We're not talking about Temple of Doom. Raiders is where it's at. That's gonna and, be missionary. Yeah, exactly. Um it didn't I, I can't believe I never really caught on to this. It makes perfect sense, and I don't know why I never thought about it, but I mean 
great the, when the ark is open i mean that's Jew, those are jewish spirits taking out the nazis yeah i never thought about it that way but i had a recent moment where i'm like holy shit that's jewish vengeance at the end of raiders like wow makes sense why they're not going after indy and marion because they know they didn't put anybody in a camp no Indy indy has just been you know raiding for artifacts and staying away from snakes yeah, he's just been, you know, raiding tombs in uncharted territory. Um, <laughs> everything has to start somewhere. We've we've had a Tomb Raider and Uncharted film before we've gotten this new Indiana Jones film. I just have to point that out real quick. I'm okay with that. I got my trilogy. I'm okay. Um, but yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Also that poor film that you love so much. I don't love I, I can watch it. I don't love it. I just, I can watch it. It's... Hmm? It's easily the best film they've done in the franchise. I do like John Williams' creepy, ethereal sci-fi score in that movie. I think he's the he's he's the only one really trying there. I I think I thought Harrison Ford wasn't bad. I thought he was, but he I know how much he likes the character. He does. So. He put he put more into that than he did into Han Solo and in, in Force Awakens. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Raiders is one of. Spielberg's greatest films. It's possibly Harrison Ford's greatest film. And just a fun action romp through, you know, 1940s Egypt trying to get the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, one of my favorites. And I, I'm waiting for the green light on Oscar Sunday because I know that's going to that's gonna happen there when we do Raiders. Uh, and I can't Eric, wait. I got nominated in it for a bunch of stuff too. All yeah, it was up for Best Picture. Uh, it won, I like all the, vis- all the technical awards. Uh, but yeah, Williams did not win best score for that. You believe that shit? What for Raiders? Did yeah, did he win for any of them? No, he was up for for score for chariots, and I think temp. I mean, not for chariots. Chariots is what beat him. Chariots of Fire is what beat him. So it was on my. I was, head, like, my I was really going through my head. I was like, which one was called Chariots? I don't recall <laughs> that one. Yeah, that's my bad. Chariots of Fire fucking beat him with Raiders. You believe that shit? Um, what? But he was up nominated for I think Raiders and I think Temple of Doom. Not, not last crusade though, weirdly. Uh, that's so I don't know how that's a snub if there ever was one. Like, seriously. Yeah. Well, yeah. Raiders, I'll obviously, you know, I'll gush about Indiana Jones forever. It's one of my favorite franchises and just three epic fun fucking movies. If I watch one, I'm gonna watch the other two, regardless of where I start. Um yeah. I, I must say I had this ran down. One of my list of possibilities, like it was one of the first ones I wrote, and I was like, I was like, oh god, this is a tough one. I legit like everything I wrote. I was like, oh, this is tough. I don't, I don't want to cut any of these out. Like <laughs> this one, I had a really hard time cutting out. I was like, do I cut Raiders? Does it not make my list? <sighs> well, apparently it didn't. I hopefully not. But I think we're on the same page with number one. So, what is your number one? The movie that introduced me to Schwarzenegger, and still to this day, the best goddamn thing that man's given us. Predator. <laughs> well, call me a sexual tyrannosaurus because that's mine too. <laughs> he has an airline that's not PC, and I'm, I'm not gonna lie; it makes me laugh every time I hear it. Bunch of slack jawed yep, around yep, here. Don't, don't don't finish it. I didn't. Yeah, that, oh. oh, 
Fuck yeah, we both have Predator. Great, fantastic. I dude, what cannot be fucking so I've I'm really wishing Kill Up and give out a fucking release date for the new one because I know we I know we've talked about just waiting to save it for whenever they finally date that one. Yeah. Phone guys, I'm like, just fucking date it so I can talk about Predator. Goddamn it, just fucking date the goddamn movie. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, dude, God, yeah, this was the film when it came, you know, to kind of getting into my Schwarzenegger films. This was the one I gravitated to. Obviously, it had horror. My dad was, my dad's a big fan of it. So he was like, oh, yeah, okay, I can show my son Predator. Yeah, hell yeah. And really, I think it's just an excuse for him to watch the movie again. <laughs> And I fell in love with this movie. I mean, it is the epitome of just like, not just like what horror, action horror can be, but what action cinema can be with the 80s representative of action cinema. The fucking handshake that like caused an earthquake on the whole planet. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> and then the line before that, oh, what's the CIA have, CIA have you pushing too many pencils? Like he's still just as ripped as you are, Schwarzenegger. What are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> like, man. It, oh, they cast for this movie, man. You got a young Shane Black. Again, Shane Black's just popping up. Um, in this Jesse the Body Ventura, like he was cool before he went down to con- fucking constant conspiracies and shit that he did more recently, which kind of sucks. I, that's what he focused on so much. But he's one of my favorite characters in here. Bill motherfucking Duke. Like, enough said for him. That guy is fucking great in anything he does. He does no wrong, in my opinion. Um, love seeing him pop up in Mandy with Nicolas Cage. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, the Predator itself. Uh, the, the design we got, I'm so glad that's what we got. I, I've seen, I'm like many film fans, I've seen and heard the stories of the original look and Van Damme running around in a suit before, you know, he was a known actor, you know, he was relatively unknown. Um, but yeah, the, the way that Predator looks, man, and how fucking relentless it is. Like, you cannot escape this thing. It, oh. Dude, Predator is so fucking special to me. That movie... I, I don't know what it is about it. It just, it feels like the most 80s movie I've ever seen. It's so purely, like, I bet, I think the script was dipped in testosterone. <coughs> it's, it's crazy. Everyone is cut. I mean, even before the Predator shows up, it's like, you know, a commando squad going into the jungle of, I think, like, I think it's supposed to be Guatemala. Yeah. And just fucking up some gorillas. <laughs> just that whole scene where they just go after the rebels, you know, knock, knock, all that shit. It's so fucking cool. There's so many lines in this movie. You know, I ain't got time to bleed. It's one of my favorites. Uh, just, oh, it's wild. Um, and I love they got, you know, Kevin Peter Hall, this seven foot two and a half giant dude to play the predator. Uh, I mean, this thing has to be intimidating if it makes Schwarzenegger look like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> This is the movie that has the famous line, get to the chopper. And of course, you know, you're one ugly motherfucker. Oh, yeah. You are ugly motherfucker. It's got one of the most, like, I, I get chills every single time. It's when um, Dutch 
figures out how to how to beat this thing, you know, that it can't see him when he's covered in mud and he starts building his home alone traps in the jungle and he like builds a torch and the music swells and he just roars into the fucking jungle as a battle cry to this thing. It's like Jesus. I I oh. Oh, dude, dude, one of the most tense scenes for me is like I love how they keep when they when they have that part and he's trying to get ready from the predator at one point, and you just see the thing walking fucking behind him. It's like right there as he's trying to crawl away and get to his trap. Oh my gosh. I love the first time you see this, you don't know what's happening. You're like, what is this thing that's following them? You know, you see this ripple in the trees, you keep seeing heat vision like from the trees, and then it kills Shane Black, and you're like, fuck, <laughs> like what what is this? It, it's such a great mystery the first time you see it. And like the woman saying, you know, on the hottest day of the, of the jungle, something comes and kills our soldiers. And, you know, we don't know what it is. And it's, oh my God. I love Carl Weathers' last stand with it when it like shoots off his, his arm and it's still firing. Yeah. God. I love when they, like the, the same gun that blows off Carl Weathers' arm just kind of singes Arnold's. That always makes me laugh. Like people explode with his gun. He takes one to the shoulder and he's just got like a little, little burn, a little scorch. He's that big. He's that buff. You can't, you can't shoot through that kind of meat. <laughs> you can't do it. That kind of muscle. Nope. Yeah. And I, and I would argue like the, the, what makes this film work so well is we kind of going back to it, right. That simplicity. Cause this is where the sequels really started to add on all the lore and the mythology, which to its credit, I actually really like a lot of the predator mythology. Um, quite a bit. I'm actually kind of like I'm. I'm really into it, and um, I actually have gotten to a point where like I actually have come around to all of the movies except the newest one. Mm-hmm. If I come around to that one, I I was one of those that like I really didn't like Predator Two at first, and I it's grown on me, and now I actually really consider it to be a very solid sequel. Um, that tries to do something different. I think it works really well. Um, I will die on a hill, goddammit, it, defending Predators. I do not understand why people did not like that movie. I thought it was badass as fuck. I, I'll say this. The only thing I'll give people is that Adrian Brody is trying way too goddamn hard to be tough. Like, his voice is weird. Like it, He was miscast, but the rest of that movie is such a cool idea and well executed. I love, like, teaming up with the regular Predator to kill, like, the, dominate, like, the dominant Predator. Yeah. Like, and I love the, when they show... I love when they get to that clearing and like they're just kind of risking all of a sudden you see the vis- and you see like three predators come out of the invisibility cloak looking at them and I'm like, oh. I'm like oh it's just about to get real. I love the build up to the to the big predator because like they wander to the camp and they find predator that we've come to know tied up and like tortured and we're like what the fuck is this what's, yeah. what's torturing the predator. Uh, yeah, I, I think that movie's great. And Predator 2, I've always had kind of a secret, you know, affinity for. I, I People say it's bad, but I I like watching it. I like Predator 2. I've grown I've grown around to it. And actually, I've, I've seen it kind of develop a cult following. Like, it has a big cult following now. That's good. Um, um, so but, I've, I've grown around to it. Actually, I'm probably going to hear soon and see if I can get my hands on the rest series for the new one comes out on Hulu. Um, I am I am curious on it. Um, just like I said to me at this point, nothing can hopefully get any worse than the Predator. Um, I actually do not blame Shane Black for the most part on that film. I think that was a lot of studio meddling. Um, fucked that movie up hard and 
switching for a reason, just really being adamant about not fucking coming back. But he's like down for King Conan. I don't understand. Um, I don't know. But the first Predator is is special. It's mm-hmm. it represents the best that '80s action has to offer. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I love Alan Silvestri's score for it. You know, the dun, 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 dun. like that's the most badass <laughs> action theme ever. <laughs> I love how like God. I love when the thing like does a self-destruct just laughs at owner's face like oh you think you got me i'm about to blow your ass up with me i love the repurposed dialogue that he like grabs from people and uses as a as a trap and uses it there you know when he asks like what the hell are you and the predator's like what the hell are you yeah <laughs> it's the equivalent uh, of like a big game hunter getting murdered by a deer oh yeah and I, I love how the thing will like use its victims as bait or traps like it. I think after a coaching bike, it like leaves his body for them to find. Like, oh, this, this thing is a hunter. I love the whole the way it it hunts. Like it, you know, rips out spines and you know collects skulls, and it's so creepy. And just the way he takes them out one by one, and the way the film builds the camaraderie between these guys, where you like you feel for every loss. You're like, oh shit, he got Blaine, or shit, you know, he got. Mac, like you like these guys, you know these guys, and you're like, fuck, it's it's well made, it's is perfect. Um, I think it was, it was uh John McTiernan, right? Yes, yeah, same guy who did Die Hard. So like, clearly that dude knew how to make action movies. Uh, yeah, Predator, yeah, man. Yeah. He, honestly, he did a lot of action movies in the eighties. Mm. Yeah, no, Predators, fucking god, badass film. Pray, hurry up. Disney Hulu ever date the goddamn movie you said it's coming out this year anyway so we can time it to do this movie on the podcast yeah it's time I want to I want to talk oh. Predator at length how long does it take to do to date a film that you film and are doing post-production on god damn it I don't, maybe this will help I don't think it's going to come out this year <laughs> so maybe, maybe we should just this not get our hopes up trailer. Hey, here's a trailer, poster, and release date. Oh, that was cool. I can't believe we both had Predator at number one. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, I was not expecting that. I was certain Aliens was going to be your number one. I'm surprised Predator edged out Aliens for you. I always figured, you know, Aliens was like like your number one. No, it's always been Predator. I think it's like Aliens. I love Aliens, but I am on the camp that likes Alien more. Ah, okay. There it is. I am, I am, I am on that camp that prefers Alien, but I fucking, I'm, unlike that camp, I'm not like Alien. Fuck Aliens, because there are some people like that. I'm like, no, I love both. I just the edge for me is Alien. I love good movies. That's literally all it is, and both are good movies. You can like both. What's wrong with people? I don't know. It's like the whole Star Trek Star Wars thing. You know what I mean? Like you know, what? I'm like, look, I like both. I would say that Star Trek, newer Star Trek shows are edging out the Star Wars movies. I, I'd say, I'd say this. I think Star Trek has more good movies than Star Wars does. Yeah, I don't think, I think a lot of people would agree with that statement. But Star Wars has some great movies. It's, you know, I don't like, I don't get this, like, you know, this or that, us or them mentality. Like, just like, 
whatever's good for like that you that whatever whatever you think is good is good for you that's what yeah. it is i would say the most recent example of that is the whole you know dc and fucking marvel shit that plays out nowadays i'm like you can like both i personally think marvel has been more consistent in quality with films yeah but dc has some pretty strong films as well mm-hmm. just you know i like what i like regardless of genre decade critical success financial success fuck it doesn't matter did i like it it's all that it meant was i entertained <laughs> were you not entertained I think every movie should end with with that clip from Gladiator. Just as soon as the credits roll, like, are you not entertained? They <laughs> should use the robot chicken one. <laughs> and they, he does it, and the song goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the Predator robot sketch, like robot chicken sketch, where the Predator is like hunting Arnold and a bunch of hippie Predators show up? Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> 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 oh. That was fucking awesome. All right, let's recap our lists. What did you have? Uh, for number 10, I had The Road Warrior. Number 9, RoboCop. 8, Big Trouble in Little China. 7, Escape from New York. 6, Lethal Weapon. 5, First Blood. 4, Die Hard. 3, The Terminator. 2, Aliens. And 1, Predator. Epic list. Well done. My 10, uh, number 10, Flash Gordon. Number 9, The Terminator. Number 8, The Killer. Number 7, License to Kill. Number six, RoboCop. Number five, Escape from New York. Number four, Aliens. Number three, Die Hard. Number two, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And number one, Predator. Fuck yeah. I watched Predator with my dad like two months ago. He was in town and we wanted to watch a movie and we were like, how about Predator? He's like, fuck yeah, put on Predator. And just it's one of those movies that you just get sucked into and you're just like, this is so good. (laughs) It's hard to be like... Nothing else matters in that moment. You're just like, I'm watching yeah. Predator right now. It's, it's hard to be like, oh, no, don't put on Predator. You know what I mean? It's like I'm never going to say no to Predator. Yeah, it's like, if you say no, I have I have questions. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. This I love doing these top tens. It's so so freeing. You know, sometimes I feel like we got to talk about certain movies, and I just like, like Fantastic Beast 3, I was like, oh, here we go. Let's just drone this out. But this time I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this was like no, let's let's please this. Like I can't. I was I was like I was nowhere, no way in hell I'm sitting through the same Neeson movie. Let's do something fun. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you liked the show. Uh, if so, you can follow us on our socials: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At least for the moment. Uh, Filmgasm Productions. Um, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com for recommendations and feedback or send us a message to the socials or check out our website, filmgasm.com, where we have reviews, articles, uh, trailers of upcoming movies, and every episode of all four of our awesome shows. Uh, if you want to donate, you can click on support this podcast and donate through Anchor. We appreciate anything you feel like we deserve, even if that's nothing. Uh, next week, we get our first Marvel movie of the year. No, I'm not counting Morbius. With... Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, that'll be our primary focus next week. I cannot wait, especially since the buzz surrounding this thing is fucking crazy. You know what I like? is the buzz is crazy, but their shit, shit's not leaking out like it did with Spider-Man. I still don't know dog shit about this film. Not even rumors. It's amazing. I love that, I love that there's so much leaking out of Spider-Man, though, that nobody really was sure what to believe. It was like, like everything was on, on the table. Yeah, I was like, do we believe this or do we believe this? 
everyone like there were you know wolverine shows up at the end and shit like that like everybody everything was just popping out i think that was the plan like they knew some true stuff was going to leak so they just leaked whatever popped into their heads hey guys you won't believe what's going to happen whereas morbius was just like the director was just revealing shit like a week before the film came out just randomly like oh yeah vultures in the post credits yeah i don't know if we're gonna do a part two like yeah there's no venom like just shut up (laughs) yeah the movie just ends with no actual resolve yeah yeah there's a lot of storylines competing for space with no actual like anything to satisfy and conclude any of them well we're pretty sure dr strange 2 is going to have some pretty big implications for the future of the mcu and i can't wait the most I've heard they say is that, like, I've heard rumors that this is going to be even more cameo-filled than No Way Home. I've heard that. That's the only rumor is, like, there's going to be apparently a lot of cameos that they're saving. Um, I'm so which, happy. Yeah. Which there's only one known confirmed but not confirmed cameo. I think all the fans know what will happen is that is Bruce Campbell is going to find his way into this movie. I hope he's, like, a variant of Strange or something. I don't – I'll fucking take Black Panther. I don't care. I want yeah. him to play somebody. He, uh, yeah, apparently he commented on a post that Sam Raimi did recently. They posted like an awkward about like how Sam Raimi really still to this day has like sorrow that he didn't get make his version of Spider-Man 4 that he really wanted to do with like, you know, maybe becoming Mysterio and all that stuff. Like he, he's like, that's the one thing he goes, I wish I had just been able to fucking make apparently. And Bruce Campbell like posted it and was like, I wanted to do it too, buddy. Or something like that. Like, that would have been so satisfying. Him as Mysterio would have been, all three of those cameos in the first three would have just been like, oh, that's what it, that's what's going on. That would have been cool. Uh, I'm gonna keep a lookout for the Oldsmobile. <laughs> when where's the car? You know we're gonna see the car. <laughs> it's a Marvel film, but it's also a Sam Raimi film, so there's gonna be some some they did, essentials. They did say fans of Evil Dead Two will be very happy. I want to know what the fuck does that mean? I, <laughs> yeah, does that I mean like the horror content? Does that mean like those are cool cameo? Like, does like Doctor Strange accidentally like play Nobi's tape and the Deadites show up at the Sanctor- Sanctum Santorum? Like, is that what's going on here? That'd be sweet. It's like there's only one man who can handle these kinds of monsters, and that's it. This is actually Evil Dead Four. This is the long-awaited Evil Dead Four we've been waiting for. Yeah, Feige was cool with it. There is no Doctor Strange too. It's like I love Evil Dead too. Go ahead, Sam. No, um, it's going to be cool. I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, don't miss the Orphanage on Wednesday's Filmgasm, Daredevil on Friday's Beyond the Bad, and a Simple Plan on Oscar Sunday. Have a great week. Keep watching movies.